and welcome to Caffeine Break on Unsafe Space. I am your host, Carrie Smith. I'm joined by my partner, Carter Laren. Hello, Carter. Good morning. Hey there. Good morning to you. You look very and, good today. I liked your hat. Oh, thank I've you. I've seen it before, but it always yeah. looks good on you. I like that hat. This is my, uh, it was a wedding gift. Oh. Yeah. So uh, welcome. This is Tiger. If it's your first time here, <laughs> we are, uh, he's sitting with me today because he's been a little barky already. We are, uh, we are doing a casual Friday with a new friend of the show, Billboard Chris, and I'm excited to bring him on. Hello, Chris. Hi, everybody. Chris. Howdy. Hey, Carter. I, lo I love your hat too, Carrie. I'm going to have to bring you a hat next oh, time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love it. I'll accept all hats. I I just want to mention, since I forgot, I haven't done the intro in a week or so, so I forgot to do all the stuff up top. If you haven't seen it, I interviewed uh, Chris on my new channel, Deprogrammed, and we'll put the link in the chat. Beverly will put the link there. And also, we have book club coming up, but not until March, so you have a while to read the book. And we're currently reading The Real Anthony Fauci. You can find out more info. <laughs> it's free to join and participate. You are always welcome. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, what should we dive into? Because there's a lot going oh boy. on. Uh, truckers. We could talk truckers because that's the big story. I'm happy to yeah. talk truckers. And also because Chris is from Canada. So he's been there. I was there. I could tell. Six days. Yeah. You're not there now, are you? No, I went the first Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then I came home. And because of my particular brand of activism, I like to be around as many people as possible. So I went back the next weekend because that's kind of the center of everything. And there's a hundred thousand people there. So I went back for the second weekend as well. So I was there the second Saturday, Sunday, Monday as well. It dies down during the week, but it'll be crazy again this weekend. Yeah. And I hear, and there's like, um, I interviewed on Wednesday, a couple people who are organizing a, convoy to save america they're i think they're driving up this weekend to niagara falls um to the border so yeah it's and getting i saw that there's a intense. planned convoy to go to washington dc in early march yep. i think for the state of the union wow. so yeah. i'm gonna be in washington dc in exactly three weeks from now so maybe i'll see a bunch of u.s truckers too yeah yeah but and in france thing. there's the oh. uh, french truckers now are mm -hmm. like doing a thing i just saw a thing about French truckers. So it's spreading. Look, those Canadians, you've never been more influential. Yeah. Why do <laughs> you think it, why do you think it's Canada? I was on a show that asked me about this uh this week and I, I had some ideas, but why do you think it happened? This freedom convoy happened in Canada and not a place like Texas? Well, it started up because Justin Trudeau introduced a new federal mandate so that all truckers coming across the border would have to quarantine for two weeks if they're not vaccinated. And the working man and woman had had enough, I guess. So it just started off as an idea, which quickly grew as we have seen. And I think it's a beautiful thing myself. Canada's had lots of protests going on probably since October of 2020. And I've kind of seen them all because I hang out downtown a lot doing my thing, having conversations. And uh, oftentimes these freedom protesters would come walking by me. I wasn't allowed to actually go to their protests for the first six months because I had been arrested and banned from going to that area by <laughs> <What>? the police. 
Yeah. <laughs> Did you say something like men aren't women or something horrible? I, I wore a sign. I had two signs that I was wearing. One said, I love JK Rowling. So that makes me persona non grata right there. In Vancouver. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. And the other one said, gender ideology doesn't belong in schools. And so, yeah, I was at this in Vancouver, where I'm from, all the protests go on at the Vancouver Art Gallery. There's a really large public square outside. That's where all the protests go on all the time. And so I just go to wherever crowds are because I just go out to talk to people about the harm coming to kids, particularly puberty blockers and all that stuff. But we can maybe get into that later. But no, I was wearing these very evil signs and uh, some anarchist types wouldn't let me walk freely. They surrounded me. So I walked over to the police because there was a big protest going on. There was about 1,500 people there. And the police said I was instigating by standing there. <laughs> so a second time, they weren't going to do anything. A second time, I walked off the sidewalk into this public square. And immediately, someone came and swatted my phone out of my hand. And I got surrounded again. So I picked up my phone. I went back to the police. And again, they said I was instigating. Wow. And they told me not to walk into the public square. And I'm a stubborn old mule, and I dug my heels in. And, uh, you know, it's funny, your podcast is called Unsafe Space. So I was talking to these two police officers after I wasn't allowed to move the second time, and they were telling me not to walk into the public square. And I said, what do you mean? This is Canada. Are you telling me I can't walk freely just because I have a couple signs on? And the first police officer said, I'm not telling you anything. And the second police officer, this other guy, the actual arresting officer, told me that this was a safe space. <laughs> there you go. So you can't walk in it? But not for you. A safe space. He said, this is a safe space. And I was a naive little normie from the suburbs. And I didn't understand what that actually meant. That meant it was an unsafe space for me. And it was just yeah. safe for these anarchist types. And so... Wow. A third time I walked into the public square, I got about 20 feet and a guy came and hit me with both of his forearms, kind of a hammer fist thing. And instantly I was grabbed from behind by police who had followed me in and I was taken to jail and booked with, I was charged with causing a disturbance. And part of the conditions of my release were that I couldn't walk on Smythe, Granville, no, Smythe, Georgia, Howe Street, and Hornby Street. All these streets in the center of downtown Vancouver. So sometimes I would walk to the corner of Howe Street and I'd look across longingly at all the freedom protests. <laughs> in the safe space. <laughs> Couldn't take another I step because I could have been arrested. That story enough is is pretty chilling and authoritarian. I mean, just just yeah. that is... Uh... Carrie, what's you, why do you think this happened in Canada? Uh, I what was your well, answer? I just my guess was because we didn't have, they didn't cross a line that 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 far. We didn't have a we only had a mask mandate for a while, and then we got rid of it. And we don't have a vaccine mandate. And if there were some kind of mandate that said truckers had to ha show vaccine passports to drive across the Texas border in their cabs, then I think you would see something like this. People would say that's a that's a line too far. That was just okay what I thought, but also, I, I don't, yeah, I think it's, I right, heard yeah. that it, didn't it originate and, and make, correct me if I'm wrong, but the guy I was talking to was from Alberta, which I've heard of is like the Texas of Canada. 
And so yeah. kind of has more of a libertarian uh, cowboy boot, uh, you yeah. know, honky tonk prairie life culture. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, most of the people now live in the cities, but for sure, Alberta, all the prairies are much more conservative politically. And yeah, they don't like their freedoms being taken away. But I guess Canadians have just had enough and truckers are uniquely situated. Of course, they can cause all sorts of mayhem because they are responsible for most of our trade coming across the border and they can shut down the economies and they can also plug up all the streets. So I think it's great. And it was about time because our government isn't following science to do with all of these lockdowns and restrictions. They are just doing what they think is politically favorable for them. And it's about time someone put their foot down and it took the truckers to do it. Yeah, I, I've got a theory about why Canadians in particular, and but it's based off of a stereotype, but I'm going to double down on it anyway. It's, it's okay. Uh, I grew up in upstate New York and uh, I went to Canada a lot. And Canadians, and I've worked with a lot of Canadians, they're, they're nice. They're all. They're, I, f I feel like they're big five personality scale. Like they're they high, have high agreeableness, and um, and I I have a suspicion about the rest. This is so I, that's like empirical. Now comes from my speculation, and this is just based on my experience. People who are really nice tend. It's not that they are not having the same reaction that everyone else is. People with high agreeableness, I think, still feel the um. The conflict, they just suppress it often. And I think what happens is when they're they're really nice until they're not. And then when they're not, they're really, really, really not nice anymore. As opposed to someone who's just, you know, protesting every week about something else. Like they're never really gonna their protests are never really gonna go be that stubborn and and that obnoxious because they're they're like, well, you know, they're they're kind of upset about everything all the time, and there'll be some other thing going on. But I, I think when you combine that with what Carrie was just talking about, which is Canada, unlike the United States, ha is a much more centralized control. So Trudeau can pass; he's passed stuff that affects the entire country. Whereas you know, people in Florida don't have the same experience as people in New York, in the U.S. Um, so you've got kind of the the worst California style government implemented for all of Canada. Mm -hmm. And I think when you you combine that with people who have just their tendency is just to like, I'll go along, I'll be nice, I'll get along like, but then you cross that line, I think at at, at some point, it just, they burst. And they're just like, yeah. you know what, I don't care anymore. Um, And they've gone from being nice to you're they're still nice. I mean, I've seen the, the videos, right? I'm like, they're still nice, yeah. but obstinate, like they're they're not they're not budging. Yeah, they're, they're playing hockey out in the streets and these the municipal government in Ottawa and now the Ontario government have tried different things. They started seizing their gasoline, their diesel, and they were told, people were told that if they were seen bringing in any diesel fuel, they would be seized and they would be arrested with a mischief charge for aiding an illegal occupation or whatever they're calling it. So what we did, what Canadians did, everyone just started walking around with jerry cans. <laughs> Everywhere. I love it. Everyone. I saw a video. <laughs> yeah. There were hundreds and hundreds of them, and some of them had water in them. Some of them had nothing in them. But 
if, no matter if what were... these guys try to do to shut this down, it's going to backfire because they yeah. just keep going to author authoritarianism. And we're tired of it. We, it's been two years. And this latest virus, the Omicron virus, isn't nearly as deadly or harmful. And the vaccine was intended for the original strain. It's not really effective much at all against this latest one. Doesn't prevent infection, doesn't prevent transmission. So why are they making everyone get it? And it's not okay. I have a chiropractor in my rental Her and her husband, they're a young couple, they're in their 20s. And British Columbia just announced a new mandate that all chiropractors and uh, there was another, all dentists as well will need to be fully vaccinated to do their jobs. And this is a young woman, she's 28, I think, super healthy, super fit. She's really at zero risk of this virus, but she's concerned because two women she knows after getting vaccinated, they were pregnant and they lost their child. Now, this could just be coincidental, of course. Miscarriages are pretty common, but she has genuine concerns. And they've just started studies a month or two ago into the menstrual cycles of all these women whose their menstrual cycle suddenly stopped or they'd gone through menopause and started up again even. And so there are uncertainties and it's completely reasonable for her to not want to get this vaccine. So I'm going to Yet stop now you she's here. not going to be able to work. Just to say, just to make a note, if anyone remembers, we got a strike on our channel and a video removed and were banned for a period of time. I forget how many months, a month. Something like because, that, yeah. because someone just said basically what you just said. And, okay. But this was several months. This was maybe six months ago now, five months ago. And yeah. Uh, something like that. And now, as we know, the mainstream is now starting to talk about a lot of these things that we have, that they've previously been banning and censoring people for. So just this morning, Chris, I saw a breaking news where it said, you know, they're now studying the effects of one of the, the vac vaccines, I forget which one, it might've been the Moderna one, on menstruation cycle. And it said, right. and some women report XYZ. It's like, yeah, we know that. And we haven't been able to even mention it without getting banned from our own channels. Right. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, I know. I, 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 a I have a feeling. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying to tell us how to think, how to speak. Trudeau wants to introduce new laws that would probably enable them to take down my Twitter account, for example. They like to write these laws really vaguely because then it gives them more powers. So we'll see how that plays out. But there is this rise of authoritarianism going on and people don't like it. And Canadians have had enough and we couldn't do anything. We could be protesting every weekend for the rest of eternity and our current government would never listen. But it took the truckers doing something because they have the actual power to impact the economy and shut things down. So. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's come to that. And of course, now you see we've had the province of Alberta. We've had the province of Saskatchewan, Prince Edward Island. I think there's another province as well. Maybe Quebec is undoing some of these restrictions. So it's working. And uh, it's all about the polls. We see all these democratic states as well in the U.S. suddenly dropping their mask mandates. Why are they doing that? Did the science change? Of course not. The polls changed. The polls.
Yeah. And that's it. They're playing politics did, with people's lives. Did you see uh, the Ontario Premier Doug Ford uh, talk this morning? I read about I it a little bit. Uh, they've introduced a state of emergency throughout Ontario. They are going to fine truckers $100,000, the ones that are blockading the Ambassador Bridge, which carries a quarter of all trade from the U.S. into Canada. And they're going to take away the driver's licenses and whatever. So we'll yeah, see. He's He's, he threatened a, a million dollar fine, a year in jail, and removing their driver's licenses, re removing their commercial license. It's pretty draconian. And he said explicitly, these emergency orders are temporary, but we ha have every intention of making them permanent. Um, like that was, an ex that was an explicit thing. You can tell he's gearing up for the use of force because he's saying, I implore you to take your children home, which is like mm. he doesn't want the optics of children getting injured. Um, he called it a siege, an illegal occupation. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a. I know that I, we're not the only people to notice this, but do, does anyone remember the years twenty sixteen to twenty twenty one, where <laughs> like protesting a valid election, something that the government had done. Just general discontent was laudable and peaceful. And hey, well, you know, you burned down some things and killed some people, but you know, that just mostly happens. It's mostly peaceful. peaceful. Yeah. Um, you could occupy Chaz. Chaz could have like an entire part of Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, was it Seattle or Port? I think it was Seattle. Portland. Seattle. Seattle. Oh, I thought it was, it was Chaz or <laughs> Chaz or Chop, the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. So yeah, Capitol it was Hill's Seattle. Area yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. So you could you could at, occupy part of a city and kick the police out and have your own armed uh, thugs running it. And, you know, that we needed to understand and get behind. And they had real concerns and this wasn't a problem. And suddenly, suddenly now we're all concerned about, hey, this is impacting business. And um, people need mm -hmm. this guy said uh, he made some um, comment about your your right to protest doesn't outweigh our people's rights to make a living and go to work <laughs> like you, wow like you've got to yeah. be you've got to be kidding me that's the position that you're taking now <laughs> the, the blind spots are incredible and the capitol hill autonomous zone in seattle by the way continued to receive funding from gofundme right even though women were getting raped and people were getting killed and police weren't allowed in that was okay yep. for the leftists at gofundme yeah, the differences yeah. are staggering. It's like go so GoFundMe shuts down the trucker uh, account that all the money they raise. But as you're saying, not they didn't do it for these autonomous zones. You've got the government coming out against the trucker protests and calling them things they are not like white. So they, they're exaggerating. They're trying to paint them as violent mm -hmm. when they haven't been violent. And the opposite was happening for the BLM and the the Antifa protests. And then and then on top of it, you've got the, for the truckers. This may be the most important thing. They have an actionable goal that makes sense. They're like, we're doing this because our rights have been taken away. There's an authoritarian intrusion. We want the government to end the mandate and then we'll stop. Okay. It's actionable. It's you solvable. may not agree it's with it, but it's, it's solvable. Here's what we want. Yeah. yeah. Then you have the CHOP and Chaz and whatever and, and BLM and Antifa. They never had any actionable goals. It was always like, well, what are you fighting for? I'm fighting for an end to systemic oppression. Okay. Well, what, but like what <laughs> specific, it's like the knee taking. Do you have a yeah. list of things 
that we can measure that you even know because the goal is just to push the ideology further. It's not actually to change a policy, you know, to reverse something. It's just, it's just, let's move this, this belief system further in the culture. Yeah. If they were just following science, that would be one thing, but we all know that they've been playing politics this whole time. And, you know, just to stress, not that I need to defend myself. I love vaccines. I'm vaccinated. I had to be vaccinated to travel around. This vaccine, as vaccines go, is a really pretty lousy one. It's not that effective. So, and we do, and there are some concerns with it. Boston University just started to study into the menstrual cycles and all that. So this isn't about being anti-vaccine. That's not what this is about. This is about our rights being taken away. This is about freedom. This is about the ability for people to make decisions about what goes in their body. And most of the people there in Ottawa are vaccinated. I've been talking to them nonstop. Um, it's, it's just about the totalitarianism of this government. Yeah. Carter and, and I are on the same page. Enough, you know, Carter signed up for a, a trial vaccine mm -hmm. for something else. <laughs> for Lyme disease. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually it was a trial vaccine that they were supposed to get three doses and it was canceled after two. Cause I guess it was, Oh. Maybe not safe. <laughs> You're still here, still kicking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not anti-science. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not vaccinated against COVID, to be clear. Um, but then again, no one else is. Uh, no, uh, I'm not. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I just this whole follow the science thing is funny as well because um, I, I mentioned this before, but. Uh, so my wife was pregnant a year ago, and she happened to be in China. She's a Chinese citizen. And, uh, you know, China clearly knows a lot about COVID viruses. <laughs> um, so they have their own doctors and vaccines and stuff. And they w told her, do not take a vaccine when you're pregnant. Do not do this when you're pregnant. It's unhealthy. It's bad. The science in China is do not take the vaccine when you're pregnant. And she came back and went to the, the obstetrician here and we got into a fight with her because she, the, she was like, you have to take the vaccine. It's completely safe for pregnant women. And she was like, I just last week was talking to my doctor in China and he said the complete opposite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it was like, you could see the doctor's brain break because she didn't want, this is in Berkeley, she didn't want to be uh, <laughs> racist and say <laughs> white people medicine is better. But she definitely did not like that an entire country of non-white people had a different opinion. Uh, their doctors had a different opinion about it. But the, the idea that, you know, I had lots of conversations as stemming from that and actually with um, administrators at my other daughter's school, they just didn't, they haven't heard this whole time when you just say things like, hey, it's not possible to have longitudinal studies about this because, you know, it's been three minutes since you released the vaccine. Uh, we can't possibly know. It just in one ear and out the other had nothing to do with science, nothing to do with being rational, nothing to do with, with like actual intellectual curiosity. It had all to do with, well, 
I'm a compliant authoritarian. I'm, a, I'm complying with the authoritarian rule. Yeah. I'm on this side of the political spectrum. And therefore, you know, we've claimed the science, right? Uh, I don't know where yeah, I'm a going lot of people that. feel <laughs> a lot of people feel coerced. And we have yeah, about a 90 vaccination rate in Canada. But there's a significant percentage of that that were who were coerced because they couldn't lose their job or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we take a flu shot every year, sometimes the flu shot is effective. Sometimes it isn't because it's always a guessing game based on previous strains of the flu. We don't take a flu shot that was designed for 2014 and expect it to work in 2022. But that's what we're doing with this virus. And we're not forced to take a flu shot. You can decide whether you want to take a flu shot or not. Right. Um, And, you know, people have legitimate concerns and people can call them crazy or or dumb or anti-vax or whatever. But it's it's an easy way to have black and white thinking like that. There's there's always nuance to these conversations. And like my renter, she shouldn't be forced to put something in her body when she's not at risk of this virus herself. And she's concerned and now she'll be out of a job. So they're all talking about the economic mayhem that these truckers are causing. Really? So Ford and GM are losing some money right now because they can't ship their parts back and forth. Because a lot of these trucks and cars, when they're produced, they're shipping parts from Detroit over to Windsor, Ontario, and then they're going back to finish in the manufacturing of these cars. So, okay, some of that's stalled for a while. Big deal. Look at the millions of people whose lives have been affected. Look at all the restaurant owners who've lost their jobs. All sorts yeah, of Thousands people. of businesses closed in the last year yeah. and a half, two years. Yeah. But now they're preaching, oh, this is upsetting businesses in downtown Ottawa. Any of those businesses in downtown Ottawa, just so viewers know, they can all open up and they would make a killing. Everyone that's there is peaceful. The restaurants that are open, and there are a lot of them that are open, are doing booming business right now. So I slept one block away from the epicenter of the honking the very first night. I fell asleep at about 1 a.m. The honking was still going on. I thought it was great. I slept like a baby. The honking died down the next few days. It's not going on at all hours. It's the lie. People can sleep just fine. And you can still pretty much drive everywhere except for the very central location close to Parliament, you know, within a few blocks. Some of those are blockaded off, but people don't need to drive there anyway. So the narrative that they're trying to paint is that everyone's lives have been totally disrupted and there's all sorts of mayhem. And it's the most peaceful protest I've ever seen. It's beautiful. I never saw one Confederate flag. I never saw one Nazi flag. I know there was a picture of this flag with a swastika on it. That picture that I saw was taken down behind Parliament. So right behind Parliament is the river separating Ottawa from Quebec. And there's some steps you can take to go down to the river in behind Parliament. And there's some statues down there. That's where these pictures were taken, far away from the main protesters. Because that flag wouldn't have lasted two seconds with the main protesters. Same thing with the Confederate flag. They want to imagine that we live in a world where people don't, there aren't bad actors who easily take a photo. And of course, I mean, that, that happens in my little town square, which you got to see, Chris, but there's a, there's a group of, uh, they're trying to take down a Confederate statue here. So there's a group of BLM that goes out there on the weekends. And now just to make it a real circus, there's a group of the Confederate soldiers who go out there. So you've got BLM <laughs> and Confederates, Oh my but, gosh. The, but the BLM people, there was one time where they dressed up as a KKK person 
Uh, and to go stand on the other. And it's like, dude, you know, you're messed up when you've come full circle and you're like, hey, a good idea to end racism is for me to dress up like KKK and go stand with the confetti. <laughs> like, what? <Right. laughs> like, what are you even doing at that point? But you're misrepresent. Yeah. You're trying to misrepresent. Aside. Of course. And, and that's so easy to do. So and why wouldn't you if you're a member of Antifa? or you're one of these radical leftist anarchist types who hate these protests. And there's a lot of you like that. Of course, you're gonna plan something like this. It's so easy. And then you get all the media, all our state media picking it up. We only have three main media sources in Canada, CBC, CTV, and Global. They're all from the same pod. They're all three peas in a pod. They all push the government narrative. They lie like a rug. And we really don't have any conservative media in Canada, except for rebel media, who a lot of people don't even know exists, but they're learning, they're growing fast. And we have citizen journalists who are out on the street reporting the truth. People like the Viva Frey, V-I-V-A-F-R-E-I on Twitter. He's a great account to follow. He's out there for hours, unedited, just interviewing people. And that's where you can get the truth about this stuff because the media are just lying constantly. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, when as as Rome falls, not that I'm trying to blackpill, but as things fall apart, I think we're seeing more and more that the I view government generally as fight. It is the fight over the gun in the room, right? It's the monopoly on the use of force. It's who gets to who gets to be in charge. And democracy was a was designed, at least American democracy was designed as a means to an end. It was, well, we want to protect individual rights. What's the best way to do that? I guess if we had a king, that would be bad. Let's let's have some sort of constitutional republic and write some rules about it. And that's how we'll protect individual rights. But the democratic system was a means to an end. It's not it's not an end in and of itself. The the idea is to protect individual rights. And as that decays and it becomes more just about mob rule, I think the the obviousness of what government actually is, which is just a monopoly on the use of force, becomes more and more apparent. And your options for protesting it become, uh, without force, become diminished. And and eventually, you end up having to do things that, like, i I be honest, like, I, some of what the truckers are doing, I would call the initiation of the use of force. They're, like, preventing people from moving. However, uh, it's a counterforce. <laughs> But they've already been they're actually I wouldn't call them the initiation of these force. Let me correct that. I would not say that. They're using force, but not they didn't initiate it. They have force initiated against themselves. Um yes. they're being they're being controlled by authoritarians. Voting's not gonna fix like they can't, they don't have enough voice to fix it. So they have to just park their trucks on a bridge. Like that's eventually that's what happens. You don't if if individual rights aren't respected and this becomes all about mob rule. The 40% has no recourse against the 60% without counterviolence. If the 60% decides they're going to be violent against you, you literally have nothing left to do. And that's what kind of scares me about the direction this is going. If, if Canada, if Doug Ford moves forward with what I think I'm reading between the lines are, are blatant threats to, to use the police against these truckers, um, I, I don't see how this ends well. Yeah, they're all. I, he's talking out both sides of his mouth too, saying that they're going to do a plan now to remove restrictions. Well, yeah, you should have one. 
in place already. But um, Canada is just in a bad state. You know, we can't travel into the U.S. unless you're vaccinated. This violates our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So we don't have a constitution like you do or a Bill of Rights. We have our own thing called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which guarantees the freedom to leave the country. People can't get on a plane. They can't get on a train. They can't get on a ferry. They can't go in a restaurant. In some places, they can't go shopping. I even heard in Costco now, in some places, they have to get an escort to go get their medicine. Yeah. So they're allowed in, but just for just for priority items like their medicine or whatever. And man, it's just really authoritarian. And we're talking about the same people, by the way, who don't know what a man or a woman is. I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> and so if you've got all these politicians who can't even define what a woman is, the same people who lie about what I'm doing, same people who would brand me a terrorist and some hateful bigot because I'm against the sterilization of children. These are the same exact people enforcing all of these laws, breaking their own laws, actually, making it up as they go. Why should we trust them on anything? They prove over and over and over again that they lie. Yep. So, you know, Canadians have to speak yeah. up at some point. Like, of course, the truckers don't want to do this. They'd rather be at home with their families and just doing their jobs, making money. But enough is enough. The government is breaking the law. So yeah. people have to say enough, finally. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. I sent you a, a link, Beverly. If you could just, before we get off this topic, I just wanted to show this one thing. Um, there have been a lot of these blue check mark. Com uh, actually, can you show the other one first, and then we'll come to this one? Oh, I the, saw this one. <laughs> the other one is even funnier. It's a lot of these blue check marks who are talking about what should happen, and and they want the government to forcibly end uh, the the protest. But beyond just wanting them to forcibly end it, there were some people on Twitter pointing out that they don't know anything about trucks. Or so this is. Uh, can you make this bigger, Juliet Km? I forget. She's to she's to work for the Obama administration. Km K A Y Y E M. She says the convoy protests applauded by right wing media. Right wing media. Okay. Uh, as a freedom protest is an economic and security issue now. The Ambassador Bridge link constitutes 28% of annual trade movement between the U.S. and Canada. Slash the tires, empty gas tanks, arrest the drivers. And move the trucks. And if you go to the next slide here, you can hear you can see a couple Those things people. don't go together, but okay. Yeah, a couple <laughs> people are dunking on her. And they're like, not sure I'd recommend siphoning diesel fuel or slashing a steel belted retread under a hundred PSI, but you're the expert <laughs> professor tow truck. <laughs> I just thought that was a nice dunk because it's like this other people. It, do you even know if that's safe to do? I don't. I'm glad I did not the person that said something like that. Slash the tires. <laughs> yeah, I I've read up about how these trucks get towed. Um, CBC of all places actually had a decent article about it. So it takes a special type of tow truck to tow these big rigs in the first place. None of the companies are going to do it because what do these tow truck companies do for a living? These special tow truck companies, they tow these trucks when they need help. And if they start towing these guys away, they can say goodbye to all their business. These are all private right. companies. So they're refusing to tow these trucks and without the, um, 
cooperation of the big rig driver himself, it's next to impossible to tow these guys. So that's just not going to happen. They're just going to have to come. They're going to have to drop the mandates, period. Because I'm telling you, these truckers are not leaving. They're not. They are dug in. And there's no way the government is going to arrest them all. Half of these truckers have their families with them. They've actually gone to child services now to start looking into these drivers. So yeah. it's kind of an empty thread. Are they going to take their kids away? Yeah. Yeah. But they're not going to arrest all these drivers. They've got the whole world watching. It's not going to work. So they're just going to have to yield. But Justin Trudeau, I don't think, has ever said sorry in his life. He will not stand down. He will just keep doubling down. And I really do think he's done. I think the Liberals are either he's going to have to resign. And then we'd have maybe even a worse leader in Christian Freeland, who's the deputy PM. Or we have in Canada what's called a no confidence vote. So you have impeachment in the US, which is kind of a long drawn out process, very hard to do. We have just a simple vote of the members of parliament. They can bring a motion and they'll vote on whether they have confidence in Justin Trudeau as a leader anymore. And if the majority of the MPs say no, he's out. Wow. And the thing about our government up here is the Liberal Party, so Justin Trudeau's party, they don't have a majority of the seats. He has what's called a minority government. He only received 33% of the vote, but that was enough to get the most seats, but not a majority. So in order for the Liberals to pass any laws, it's usually our new Democratic Party, which is even further left, that prop them up. Or it's the Bloc Québécois, which is a separatist party with only, which only has members of parliament in Quebec, but they have 30 something seats as well. So the liberals have to team up with another party in order to get any bills passed. But if these other parties lose confidence in him and they are losing confidence, he's even had three liberal MPs speak out against him, which is unprecedented because you don't do that with Justin Trudeau where you get kicked out of the party. So I don't think he's going to last one way or the other. I think he's gone. Or he's going to have to eat crow and swallow his pride, which I just can't see happening. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. Carrie, what about the other tweet that you wanted to show? Oh, I, I want to really show that one too, but uh, just quickly, I think Justin Trudeau is, he just strikes me as a, um, a narcissist and a sociopath. I, I think he could have easily just ended up uh, uh, the star of some show like The Bachelor but somehow he ended up in politics instead. You know, it's just a cult of personality around him. There's nothing really that yeah. suits him for politics over entertainment, more more so, you know. Well, his dad's his dad's Fidel Castro, right? So he's got <laughs> one. Uh, one, I don't know. one second. My kitten is causing mayhem in my I thought I heard a cat. I was <laughs> yeah. like, who's kitty cat? He was this guy was wrestling oh. with the big guy. Look Say at hello. that baby. Oh my goodness. It's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, he's about He's about nine weeks old and he's trouble. He's half ragdoll, half Persian. And his name is Thor, God of Thunder, son of Odin. You have to say the whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> you, I'm going to kick you out. I don't think Carter's ever put his cat on camera. Have you? I think I did once when once? it was really young, really small. Aww. Now it's mostly outside. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Catching those mice. Yeah, my the other cats usually outside, especially now because this little guy keeps bugging them. Yeah. Um, Beverly, go ahead and put up the other one because we can laugh at the other one too. This one is another blue check mark on Twitter. 
Matthew Iglesias. He says, if a, trucker, if a trucker doesn't want to drive a truck, then that's great. If he wants to block a road in Ottawa, then that's bad, but not my business. If he wants to block a bridge to the U.S. and disrupt our auto industry, we should send the Marines to <laughs> yeah. reopen the bridge. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. That won't backfire at all. The Marines? <laughs> Marines versus truckers. Live on Twitter. Yeah, that'll be great. You know what you know would what? be easier, Matthew, is just what about what if the government just lifts the authoritarian restrictions? I think wouldn't that just be like easier? Mm. That could work. <laughs> the majority of Canadians now support the truckers. This was a week ago. It was at 54 percent. I'm sure it's higher now. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, the U.S. could just say we're not doing any vaccine passports. And that would put pressure on Canada, I think. Right. Because it's reciprocal right now. Yeah, Canada, Justin Trudeau is a follower. He does what he thinks is just good for him politically. He's He never leads on anything. So on this issue, we have all sorts of other countries dropping the, all their mandates and all their restrictions now. But we have a very woke government. And the woke love restricting people's freedom. So... I think we'll be the last to act, yeah. just like I think we'll be the last to stop this practice of harming children who have been led to believe that they're indoctrinated, who've been indoctrinated to believe that they're born in the wrong body. Uh, we're always going to be last because our current government is a total disaster. Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, <clears throat> one last thing before we move on the truckers thing. I don't know if we should yeah. talk about this at all, but... Uh, I've, I'm impressed with Give, Send, Go. So if you guys don't know the the GoFundMe, um, I think people know by this time, right? And we just mentioned it. GoFundMe seized the, the funds that were donated to truckers. And people switched to Give, Send, Go. And Give, Send, Go was just ordered by a Canadian court to seize the funds um, and not distribute. And they said no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, in fact, here's a tweet. I'll read this tweet. I think it's, you can put it up if you want, Beverly, because it's in Notion somewhere, but you don't have to. It says, know this, Canada has absolutely zero jurisdiction over how we manage our funds here at Give, Send, Go. All funds for every campaign on Give, Send, Go flow directly to the recipients of those campaigns, not least of which is the Freedom Convoy campaign. <laughs> so That's awesome. They're not having any of it. I, they've also, I've heard uh, yeah. the truckers have started to talk about um Bitcoin, they're doing a bunch of Bitcoin donations now, which is like just very difficult to seize. Um, I hear people arguing like, well, you know, uh, they're in G7 countries, so there's international law that might apply. But by the time that gets through any kind of court system, this is a moot point. So um, I the thing is about the uh, about this order that they've issued and I can read you some stuff here. Um. So this court hearing was done in secret. It's called ex parte without the other party there. So what they're doing is they are essentially indicting people who have allegedly committed some crime by receiving this money, but they actually haven't named what the crime is. So this order itself seems shady and there's a long thread. It's up on my Twitter at Billboard Chris 
I retweeted it. It's from Ezra Levant. So he runs oh, Rebel I saw Media. That thread. Yeah, it's, it's a, a really one. good thread about that order. But no one's even allowed to receive the funds. So give, send, go might keep sending them because they're basically saying go pound sand. We're gonna we're gonna do what we want because we're not taking orders from the Canadian government. But anyone who receives the money and uses that money to buy fuel or anything could now be arrested. So right. there will be more court hearings about this to see how legitimate this order is. I don't think it's legitimate at all, but we'll see how that plays out. But all of these things, it's the Streisand effect. Every time you try to censor someone or stop someone or use force against this, all it does is cause a whole lot more people to, to want to rise up and support it. So the government literally cannot win this battle because the people have had enough and they're just not going to take it anymore. So they're just going to have to swallow their pride and admit defeat, which they're not going to want to do. So hopefully this just brings down our government. That's my opinion. All right. I'm on anyway. board with that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I want to just highlight one more thing. Since you brought up gifts and go, I'm yeah. going to highlight something about them, Carter. They are a Christian company, Christian owners. Yes. And unlike, unlike GoFundMe, they don't take a cut off the top of every campaign. And they are it from all outside appearances, from what I can tell, they are sincere Christians. And the most that you're going to get is, is if you're a non-believer and you use them, is you're going to get some prayer that you might not want. But when it's well-intentioned, they say, our prayer partners call every person who starts a campaign on Gifts and Go and prays for them and what they are doing. Even if we can't catch you, we'll leave a prayer in your voicemail. I'm like, I love that. I love it. Like, how positive is that? And they've and said then, explicitly, like, they'll support yeah. stuff that they don't agree with. Like, it's yeah, fine. They will. Yeah. They'll support. You don't have to be a Christian to use them. And they also, yeah. they're, uh, they have another tweet up where they're like, people are asking how they can support us since we don't, you know, take a cut of the campaigns. Well, here's a link if you really want to. And then they say something like, but what would really support us more than this is if you pray for us. <laughs> like come on <laughs> like, these guys are so sincere yeah, i really like yeah. them anyway yeah. it's like you said the streisand effect it's it's good for that's an example of of when people do make that move from a place that's like censorious or authoritarian it's good for freedom loving places and so i think we're still waiting to see maybe maybe gibson go will end up replacing gofundme and, and maybe there's an alternative to Twitter and YouTube and Facebook that'll eventually take off where we will all end up instead of instead of waiting yeah. to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I've used GoGet funding for my own fundraiser in the past because GoFundMe also took down my fundraiser previously. Um, anything on the gender... They took yours down. ...issue they'll take down. They will gladly fund you know, double mastectomies for more than 40,000 girls and young women because of gender. And to and be clear, they, 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 doing, they funded but... Rosenbaum's defense, who was a convicted pedophile. Oh, wow. Uh, not Rosenbaum's defense, but his, uh, or whatever, some like memorial or whatever. Like they, 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 cause I remember during Rittenhouse, they took down the Rittenhouse one and kept right. up the Rosenbaum one. Right. Yeah. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? That's not anyway, how woke works, Chris. That's not how it works. No, you're right. <laughs> but I just want to say one thing about our government. So I, I mentioned that no confidence vote. If Trudeau doesn't resign and if this situation doesn't resolve, and if it did come to a no confidence vote, 
what happens then is the Liberal Party would not be governing and the other parties would have an opportunity. They would be asked by our governor general, who is our representative of the queen. <laughs> we still have some of these old systems in place, but they would be asked if they want to form a, a governing party. So the conservatives could team up with the NDP or the Bloc or all three of them together. That probably wouldn't happen either because they're so ideologically opposed. So then what would happen is if they can't form a government, we'd have a new election. Wow. So honestly, that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, we'll see if it gets there. It could definitely happen, though. This is a distinct possibility. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's one someone mentioned in chat this one other uh, thing that I wanted to see if you had heard of. Did because we met you mentioned false flags before, literally false flags. You're talking about Nazi yeah. flags and and Confederate flags. Did you see the um, the arson attempt, which looks to be a false flag, also? Okay, guys. So I talked to the guy who tweeted it out. The main guy whose tweet was getting fifteen thousand likes, and then CTV were there interviewing him the next day. Mm -hmm. I was in bed, <laughs> and my I saw this thing going on on Twitter. I saw this story of this attempted arson attempt to burn down this apartment building. And it was being blamed on protesters. Right. And this smelled really fishy. And there's a woman named Andy Lee who's doing a great job as a citizen reporter. Hannah Bananas is her Twitter handle. But um, I saw her talking about this. I saw John Kay, who's the editor of Colette, talking about it. It didn't really add up. So I looked at the address and it was just 300 meters away from my hotel. That's 300 yards for you Americans watching. And um, <laughs> so I got out of bed and I walked on over. It took me two minutes and you can walk right into the lobby. And there were a few marks on this tiled floor. Obviously someone had lit some, there were these tiny little wooden blocks. Some were still sitting outside. They lit them on fire. And I talked to some residents and I was just taking a little video to show what was what it looked like. And this guy, Matthias, who is the principal tweeter of this so-called murder attempt, he came downstairs and he was super mad at me. And I have, him all, I have it all on video. I didn't tweet it out, though, because you got to get people's permission to tweet these things out or else you can lose your account. But this guy was really angry. We talked for about three minutes. I was able to calm him down. I've got some experience with this now, <laughs> dealing with hostile people. But uh, yeah, man, it's just total fake news. As you can see in the pictures, there was a person with purple hair who had a mask. He wasn't wearing it at the time. And there was another masked individual. They both look like maybe they're struggling with addiction. And this building itself has a relatively sordid history. Someone overdosed in there a couple of years ago, was taken out in a duffel bag and then dumped in the creek. So it's not the best building in the best neighborhood. Let's put it that way. Clearly, these were not truckers. But our media and the city councillor, Catherine McKenney, who organized a counter protest of 200 university students against me in the past, they keep trying to paint this as though it's the truckers involved. Yeah. And they know it isn't because truckers yeah. don't have purple hair and wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. Those it's transactions clear. do. <laughs> if you look at the threads that there's a few Twitter threads about this and it's it's like, oh, this here the people pushing it are avowed communists um, yeah. that are that are putting this narrative together. Uh, and like you said, 
the videos, the pictures, they don't look like truckers at all. Also, it's in the middle of a tile lobby. Like, if you actually wanted to burn a building down, this is the best way to not burn a building down. It's like, I'll right. light a fire in the middle, a small fire in the middle of the lobby and let it burn out. Like, all right. You start yeah. a Twitter fire, though. Yeah, there was a there was a box sitting on this red mat over by the elevator, and they lit it on fire. And the walls are wood, so oh, I guess okay. You know, obviously, it's really bad. That's a terrible crime what they did, but it's got nothing to do with the truckers at all. Yeah. And the truckers aren't even around there. And I took video to show that there are no trucks parked on that street. This guy Matthias said that horns were blaring until four a.m. and fireworks were going off. My hotel is a block and a half away literally just due east there was no noise at that time of night i didn't get home until 12 30 at night the noise had already all died down the guy's just lying yeah but wow. you know that's how it goes liars yeah. liars liars <laughs> should we do some super chats carter yes yes that's um, a good idea. while you're doing that i'm going to send you this other story i want to talk about okay um let me pull up let's see what we got <clears throat> i think we I don't know if we read this one from I'll fight you naked when your government has gone so far authoritarian left that Canadians Canadians shut down their own capital. There's no arguing. You're just wrong. Yeah, fair. Uh, Tara T says sometimes it is the quiet, polite ones you need to worry about. Uh, Joe, B oh, good. Joe Biden is here today oh. in chat. Joe Biden says <laughs> my comrade or colleagues said this was the hip new place to hang out. Carter is a bad dude. Carrie, what brand of shampoo do you use? <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Come on, man. You got to read that like Joe Biden. I can. So, and also, when we got to the go hair. Joe's got to go back and have his nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs to go. He goes back into the coffin. Uh, they just wake him up. And, okay. Um, Finest City Cycling says, thank you for coming on, Chris. Also, this trucker protest is the biggest white pill so far this year. It is a Aww. white pill. It's nice to see. Yeah. It's a Can't beautiful thing, guys. It's they're it all happy and loving and hugging everybody. There's no anger. It's a big party. They've got a dance party actually going on all day long on the weekends. They've got a stage set up on a flatbed truck right in front of Parliament. And <laughs> there's a big crane there hanging a Canadian flag. But to show how so our left-wing media is so crazy, from this crane, so there's a crane and then there's a chain coming down with this Canadian flag hanging off of it. It has a little weighted ball about this big on the end of the chain. Our media reported that there was a wrecking ball hanging from this crane right in front of Justin Trudeau's office across from Parliament. They called it a wrecking ball. No. It's a few inches wide. Somebody call Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Uh, that's great. She knows wow. what wrecking ball is. Are there yeah. bands performing on that flatbed truck or are people just dancing and playing? What's happening? There's some singers. All... There's uh, a friend of mine from Kelowna actually drove out there and he's called Mitch the Red Pill Rapper. He's been performing up there. <laughs> <laughs> Tom McDonald and, uh, needs to go perform there. That's Carrie's favorite rapper, right? Yeah, do you have to have a vaccine though to get in? Where where can we sneak across? To the the border? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> don't tell I me that on the air. Go where the trucker blockade is, I guess. Maybe yeah. we can get through there. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like date myself, but when I was growing up, 
in upstate New York, you could drive across the border to Canada. If you didn't take like 87, like the main highway, you could take a back road. And after like after hours, whatever that meant, like nine to five, I don't know, government hours, like after hours, the little booth on the side where you're supposed to stop and talk to like a customs person or border patrol or whatever was closed and no one was there. And there was no like bar across the road. You could just drive to Canada. There was literally nothing you could. I remember one time I was, you know, 17 or 18 when, you know, you're driving around as a kid. I was with my buddy and we like mistakenly ended up in Canada. We, we had like driven, yeah, driven, that can happen. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know if it's still like that, but I know, uh, I know after nine eleven, we got a little more authoritarian with our border control and and passport requirements, even to Canada. But yeah, I go down pretty often. But you know, it's the longest unprotected border in the world. There's all sorts of places you can just walk it's across. Crazy. It's not, yeah, it wouldn't be hard. I think there are probably sensors. Watching people and maybe Border Patrol shows up. But if you really wanted to get across, it wouldn't be hard at all. Yeah. Hmm. I'll keep that All right. Uh, one more. Wait, two more Super Chats. One is Kent Anufertruck, who is a fellow Canadian, says, so happy to see a great spokesperson for Canada. Hi, Kent. Thank you. I dressed up in my pink to represent Canada well today. So hopefully I'm doing a good job. I'm going you with are. the three-piece look today. I the love that color. Look. Yeah. Well, I'm gender uh, non-conforming, and I should. <laughs> I yeah. Aren't we it. all? Yeah. Are you sure I'm not sure a what woman? gender is, so we don't really conform. Yeah. None of us conform because we don't know what it is anymore. I guess. Nope. It means nothing. <laughs> yes, I heard that. That with that we know for sure. Uh, KTBL says Christians in the way they act, not telling you how you should act. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's I love good. that. Yeah. Purple and Craig truckers. Litton says, purple hair truckers. Someone has to deliver all that soy to downtown Ottawa, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, baby. Someone does have to. Speaking of soy, I know this is a, a tangent. <laughs> did you see Michaela Peterson posted this debate that she did at uh, I didn't see it. Oxford about Beyond Meat? And... Just the 10 minutes, I think it's the closing argument of oh, that the woman? woman on the vegan side. Is, oh, I saw it's that. It's beautiful. It is the, <laughs> it's the funniest thing uh, I've seen in a really, really long time. It's awesome. I thought it was fake. No, it's <laughs> not fake. Yeah, got every no, single exactly. talking point in there. Yeah. Wait here, I'm gonna, I'll play me. this clip because we have this. Oh, Ready? Everyone will enjoy this. Because I've been playing, I played this the other day a lot. I just, I can't, I can't help it. Uh, here it is. Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny. That's just one of many arguments she makes. White supremacy. And <laughs> I, I don't know if she threw transphobia in there. Well, I don't know if it's this transphobic. Is, this is the but way every to uh, She did say cishet. So that implies there's some oh, transphobic okay. problems. Yeah. This is the way the social justice spread. So it, it cannibalizes 
other like different identity kind of groups in different movements but then some of those identity movements in order to be taken more seriously they try to get cannibalized by social justice like they try and offer themselves up and fit themselves into the social justice belief system we saw that with the fat movement the body body positivity movement they started speaking in all this language of like oppressors and the oppressed and the marginalized and the privileged and you're marginalized if you're fat etc and they're trying to do it with pedophiles. They're trying to start using this oppressor oppressed language. Pedophiles want to be, they want to be part of this umbrella, the social justice umbrella. And the meat people do too. That's exactly what that is. That's like, let us in the club. If you accept all of these things about the patriarchy and and uh, systemic racism and, and the cishet world that we live in, then you must also, hey guys, you must also get on board our part of the train which is anti-meat. Yeah. That's them trying to be accepted by the broader social justice movement. And it does it does undermine legitimate arguments that you might have because she doesn't have, I mean, I have a really good friend who's vegetarian, uh, Keith the Hat Guy, actually, I've known for 20 some odd years, right? He'll, like, he and I can have discussions about vegetarianism and the morality of meat and all that stuff. And it's like a real discussion now it's just all this like it's hard there's a there's a guy behind her sitting there who's like having a hard time not laughing the entire time it's so so ridiculous he's just like yeah people did start laughing yeah part of that presentation yeah she mentioned soy boys and the whole room started laughing oh that's right yeah All right, I just I know that was a a tangent. No, it's um, a good tangent. But oh, Michael Hendley says I was given a veggie burger for free once, not worth the price. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I know that was a tangent. Okay, so you wanted to do? You have well, another article or something? Uh, this is we since the three of us kind of briefly talked about this before we went live. I just want to talk about the uh, puppy guy, the puppy mm-hmm. Biden guy. I need so I I need context. Maybe the audience does too. All I know is like a tweet level thing about it. So I need context. Let's bring in that. Well, let's bring in that tweet, Beverly. Um, So this guy, his name is Sam Brenton. He has been appointed, and and Biden's not the first person he's working for. I think he had some kind of advisory role in the Trump administration, and before that, he had he was appointed by Obama as well. Like, he, it's not his the first time, but now he's hired to, he's been hired to a very high-level role in the Department of Energy. His name is Sam And Brent. by the way, it's unlikely that Biden or Trump personally know who the hell this person is, that they're not doing the hiring, I assume. Of course, yeah. Right. So, uh, Actually, I could also send you the Andy No tweet because it has a few more. I'll send you that one as well. So he's a left-wing activist, and and Andy No describes him as an advocate of sexual fetishes. Um, he's announced that he's going to be working as a high-level staffer at the U.S. Department of Energy. And mm-hmm. some of the stuff that he's done online, and this is what's causing a, a bit of a stir, Um the picture that you see right there is part of an article that came out in Metro Weekly where he talks about pup play. And for anyone who is not aware, it's basically where it's one of these fetish things where some people dress up as dogs and pretend to be dogs. There's also people that do this as horses or cats or what have you. Then the other person is their owner. It's one of these BDSM things. One person's more submissive, the the animal's the submissive, and the other person's the dominant. And actually the article gets into interviews with Sam 
and several other people who participate in this about how they incorporate sex or if they incorporate sex and, and the person playing the dog and what's it like for them. And, oh my gosh, um, just a couple of interesting things in that article, just as an aside, one of the guys who dresses up as a dog, he said, he said when he's in puppy play, he doesn't like looking in the mirror because then uh, it's unfair because the mirror shows doesn't show him a puppy. It shows a man dressed as a dog playing. Right. <laughs> so he doesn't like to look in the mirror. It's like kind of weird that you're admitting that the mirror shows you what reality is. And so therefore you don't, you know, he's just, he, by the way, puppy. that that just means he's not sufficiently woke because uh, <laughs> once you realize that not all dogs are, are canine, then, yeah. Um, you know, he's just a bigot. He's just a bigot. Yeah. For not, for not recognizing that. So in this Andy, no thing, I have, I have just two more photos I want to show you. And then I'll tell you why I want to talk about this. So that bottom left photo, Beverly. So this is him. He also goes to colleges and he does, um, workshops and lectures around the country to college students. Uh, here he is. He's the tall guy and heels and, and then he's surrounded by three guys dressed as dogs on the floor. Oh, those guys? Yeah, those are men. Oh, and, I thought I thought they were dogs. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, no, you're I right. See. Yeah, those are humans. I see, yeah. I see what you did. <laughs> so this is him at a college, and he does he he speaks and educates about kink and about the doggy dom subculture. Um, awesome. He also performs as a drag queen, and the the interesting thing to me about him when I started doing some digging is that this guy is famous because of his supposed history with conversion therapy. So he made a name for himself doing interviews over 10 years ago, going on um, all these different television shows and even testifying before Congress. And I, and I believe before some uh, global organization, he, he did some testimony about conversion therapy. And his stories, this is what I find most interesting about this guy. His stories about conversion therapy have varied and contradicted themselves over the years. When he first started telling the story, he said that it was his Southern Baptist father who who forced him into, that was doing the therapy on him. Later, he said it was a doctor. Um, then he said it was not a doctor. He said explicitly not a doctor. It was a religious therapist. He's never named this person or people or facility or place where this conversion therapy happened. But every time he tells a story, it gets more fantastic. It's it, the last time he, uh, he told the story, they were um, putting electric shock uh, things under his fingernails and he was having to wear gloves all the time from, from electroshock and, and it, it's fantastical. And so I think just based on a cursory dive into this guy yesterday, I think the the most interesting about him is not even the kink that's out there because that he wants everybody to see. It's more that I think he's a I think he's just a, a what do you call it when somebody lies over and over? I'm blanking on the word. Liar. A compulsive a liar. Yeah, <laughs> a pathological liar. <laughs> you call him a Democrat. <laughs> anyway, did you what want do you more guys... syllables? Is that yeah. what you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> Pathological liar. I think he's a con man. I think he's a total narcissistic mm. con man. And there's other things about him and the way he presents himself on his Twitter account and everything that it doesn't. It's not a diagnosis. It's not enough for a diagnosis, but it is a red flag. One of the things that would make me think, oh, possible personality disorder here. And coupled with his fantastic Possibly. stories about his background, I'm like. 
Yeah, I kind of think you're running a game on people, dude. Anyway, that's my take on him. So my question mm -hmm. is, would he be hired into this senior position in the Department of Energy if he wasn't into all this kinky stuff? I'm it's surprised it's not the Department of Education, as someone mentioned in chat, because it seems more yeah. appropriate. Yeah, right. Um, and does he teach children? Does he go to libraries and do drag queen story hour and all that stuff? Bro, you know, it's just, hey, he can do whatever he wants. I don't know how he anchors that tail, but he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> and this is just a sign of the times. We have yeah. queer theory being celebrated and pushed on our children all throughout society. And call me conservative, but I think this is not to be celebrated. Do it in okay, your bedroom, so, whatever. Yeah. But we're, we're pushing this on kids and we're trying to make all these deviant things normal. And it's not normal. It's not normal. You can take this off. So I've got a, I've got a question about some of this. So I like, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't, I'm actually not sure of where the lines are here. No, I'm serious. No, I'm laughing so, at the, I'm sorry, just real quick. The super chat from Joe Biden says we need the Department of Energy to reflect the diversity <laughs> of America. It's progress, folks. <laughs> Dog play is what this nation was founded on. Sorry, that's what I laughed at. That's a good <laughs> Thank point. You. Thank you, Joe Biden. Joe Biden always has excellent points to add. No, I, so. Okay. Many sexual proclivities, one could argue, are a result of psychological trauma or damage or even just predispositions. It's, for example, rape fantasies by women are huge. It's one of the most popular fantasies. Very few of them want to actually be raped. Um, and I don't know, I'm not a therapist. I don't know the the psychological reasons behind it. Um, I have spoken to therapists about kink. Um, and the my understanding is that it can be used to re-traumatize. You can be in a, like, you could be re-traumatizing yourself. Like, if you had an experience, you can play that out again sexually over and over again, and you're just re-traumatizing yourself. Or you can use it in a healing way. And I, the idea that some people are going to have psychological damage. Most of us aren't perfectly healthy psychologically, and there's different ways to deal with it. Some of them are more healthy than others. I don't really view what consenting adults do in their play, which is what sex is play, sex is adults playtime, right? I don't view that as like, I don't care. If he wants to dress up like a puppy or still looks like he was non, not the puppy, whatever. Uh, like, I don't, I don't care. Does, is that indicative of some trauma or other issues? I don't know. I'm not a therapist and it doesn't really matter. It's provided that um, those issues, when he's dealing with the rest of the world, not in the bedroom, he's in a healthy way, trying to manage his own psychology, right? He's like being a, uh, as, as 
healthy as he can, right? Like he's, when you have it, when you have psychological trauma or whatever, like you can't just say, well, get over it. Like that's not how psychology works. It, mm. You can, you can have a childhood in which you will never actually get over what you experienced, but you can manage it in a healthy way and try and uh, be a decent person and contribute to society or whatever, and like be out in the world normally. And I don't, I don't have the same reaction of like, so, okay, so he does this in his bedroom. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. Now the question is, when did, like, where's the line between his bedroom and, like, obviously if he's teaching it to kids or if he's out, it's like, yes, I don't want that out in front of, like, clearly that's a problem. But now the question is like, okay, well, can communities of people with shared fetishes communicate online and community in communities and write articles and like is that public and is that celebrating it i don't know so i'm not i act i saw this and my first reaction was actually similar to peter bogosian's which is i don't care i have way many i have way i'm sure if i heard this guy's ideology and what he wanted to do in the department of energy i would have way bigger problems than the fact that he dresses up in heels and and walks around with human dogs like that's to me it's to me we're focusing on the wrong thing and i think it undermines the problem which is we've got crazy wokeness going on and like my, and again my guess is that there's plenty more there to criticize of him i wouldn't pick on this unless i don't understand unless he's been out like telling kids they should do this and like trying to foist it on people who aren't in that community and don't want to talk about whatever the hell it i mean you know, there, there was a Bones episode where it, this was with horses. I don't know if you ever if you ever watched Bones. There was an episode where there was a murder at, like, this resort where a bunch of adults were dressed as horses and their trainers and, like, sex was involved. And it was this weird kinky fetish thing. And, you know, I don't it, – it, in of course, because that was a Hollywood depiction – uh, they depicted all of the people as completely normal outside of this and they would just go here and do this and that was their thing and that's probably inaccurate. There's probably other areas that psychological trauma manifests. But again, I'm not, I don't see, I don't like the disgust response being an argument. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, well, can I respond to your devil's advocate? Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, again, I said I started by saying I'm not sure where lines are on some of this. Yeah. So, so there's a difference between uh, society. I think I think um, uh, Anta Hera Kate said it best. So I'm just going to read it because she phrased it better than me. Um, actually, that's not the one. Ah. But she was basically saying there's a difference between a society that allows room for fringe transgressive behavior to happen behind closed doors, you know, obviously without making it illegal. And a society that is expected to normalize and validate and even celebrate fringe yeah. behavior. And this guy, from everything I've seen, it is participating in the normalization of dog play, of all of his different kinks. He's very proud to be, as he put it, the first gender fluid person appointed to this office. And um, he's he's putting it out there on display because he wants us to see it. And he wants us, uh, it's it's that almost like rubbing in your face of look at me transgressing and look at, look at you having to accept this as normal. And if you don't, you're a bigot. Um, and, and so I think for me, why this is interesting is because, well, it's a couple things. It is related to wokeness, 
because I think the dog play, all that kind of stuff gets in, it, it gets into some of the postmodern um, stuff about like, you can be whoever you visualize yourself to be. And, you know, this guy doesn't like looking in the mirror because it reminds him he's not actually a dog, for example. Um, but, but it, but, but it's just tangentially related to the wokeness stuff. I'm also just interested in it because I think it's a sign of where culture is at. So where we've got someone being appointed to such a high office in the department of energy who has all of these sexual kinks out there on display, it would be like, if for me, my disgust factor would be similarly triggered if they were reveling in their alcoholism, like out in the open and just like celebrate me for this or my obesity, my, my obesity is positive. Validate me, tell me I'm beautiful. Put me on the cover of magazines. Um, and I, and I agree with you. I think some of these things are the result of, uh, uh, sometimes perhaps like trauma, psychological trauma. Yeah. They may and not be, I'm just, you know, they may not be, things. they may be, I don't know, but I also like culturally, this is like, I just, I, I'm not going to, I don't know. I, I feel like liberals have gotten in a position, gotten us in a position where there's almost, there's almost no taboos sexually, but there's taboos everywhere else. And and anti-hero Kate made another great point where she said they want to pretend like there's no boundaries, but they have boundaries all the time. If this guy was on his timeline using the N-word, he would be gone. If this guy was on his timeline doing any number of things that they find transgressive, like he would be gone. But because it's sexual transgression and they, they want to pretend there's no boundaries when it comes to morality and sex, well, then it's like the further you can go, the better. And, and so I look at him and then I look at the people that we've talked about on this channel before who are on Twitter posting porn of eating feces right out on Twitter where anybody can see it. What about one of those guys getting appointed to office? Is that disturbing? Like, does a poop eater? Is that also like... I mean, obviously, obviously <laughs> that's gross. Like, obviously a lot of this stuff triggers disgust factors in me as well. I'm just, right. I'm trying to be careful yeah, with I know. disgust factor as an argument and... Um, I don't know what, I don't know what it means. Like I'm against celebrating a lot of stuff, uh, and, and not, not cause I'm a curmudgeon, but just because I don't think, I think celebrating achievement is great. Uh, and celebrating heroism is great. I don't think celebrating your skin color, no matter what it is, is great. I don't think celebrating your kinks, like I, it does your sexuality. Those are just things. They don't need to be celebrated. They're just attributes of you that I don't I'm I'm much more in the camp of we celebrate accomplishment we don't celebrate existence of things mm -hmm. right so I don't I don't I don't I don't know what it means is this guy celebrating maybe he was I don't again I don't know all the details is he celebrating it is he trying to like push your face in it clearly there's leftist hypocrisy here that I would agree with like absolutely there's hypocrisy um but I, yeah, I don't – again, I don't know, and I know a lot of people in chat are, will be pissed off about all this, but, like, I I don't – I have a problem with, with pushing stuff on kids. I have a problem with – I guess – I don't know what normalizing it means, but, like, I guess if you went around saying this is what everyone should do, like, that's not true. Um, So it's, like, okay, but I don't – I just, I guess I just don't care as much about it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if they want to be puppies and, and have little communities where they talk about being puppies. And like, as long as they know that they're not really puppies um, and that this is like, 
a fantasy and that they're just doing this in some way. And as long as it doesn't bleed out into other destructive behavior and consenting adults want to play a pretend game in the bedroom, I don't care. It bleeds out. Well, that's an issue then. How does it bleed yeah. out? And that we can that we can have a problem so, with. And so, so maybe you guys can Google this. There was an article about a week or two ago. They put a litter box inside a high school washroom for the kids who identify as cats or whatever. The stuff's all bleeding out. It's right, normalizing. But that's, that's to me. That's yeah. a completely different thing because yeah, I, I would say someone who says I pretend to be a puppy in the bedroom. Mm -hmm is different than not, someone who says, I am a puppy, you must treat me like a puppy or or a cat, yeah. and I need a litter box in the bathroom. Like, that's a level of psychological dysfunction which is clearly overall destructive to both their life and the people around them, and it's a demand that other people deny reality. Like, you couldn't, if he was running around saying, I'm a puppy and everyone has to treat me like a puppy, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. If he if he says, I've got, I've got a lover who... <laughs> is willing to suspend disbelief for two hours on the weekend with me and treat me like a puppy. Like, sure. Okay. I guarantee you it, within a few years, people who aren't being respected as puppies are going to be able to label the others as bigots for not respecting sure. their identity as a puppy, because that is where this society is going. And it's not now, look, I don't care what this guy does. I don't care what people do in the bedroom. This isn't just in the bedroom. This is being celebrated all over the media as, you know, it's okay. It's just fine. It's his own personal life. And sure, it, it is his own personal life, but it's being celebrated as a normal thing. And that bleeds out and it bleeds into our kids for sure. When you make perversions normal. I articles about this, but okay. Well, I mean, this, this is... Look at the books that are in schools now. Yeah, fair. You've you've got in elementary schools nine year old a book with a nine year old giving a blowjob. Mm. This is this is queer theory on steroids, and queer theory is kind of impossible to define, but it's basically the movement that says that pedophilia is a sexual orientation, and that kids can change their sex. It's about stripping down everything that's normal. It's about making everything that's abnormal, normal. And as soon as something becomes normal, it's not queer anymore. And so that's not considered queer. And then you have to make that even more abnormal. And this stuff bleeds all throughout society and it's bleeding into our kids. And you know what? Whatever, he can do whatever he wants on his own. But I bet you... The reason he got hired to this senior position as a 20-something male, white male, is because he's genderqueer, or whatever he calls. And they're yeah. fulfilling the quota of the number of genderqueer people who are now in senior positions in these government departments. Yeah, I agree with that. I, yeah. I, I agree with that, and, and, and I don't, you know, I guess... I guess to me, um, I think it's ultimately this is a, a, a game that will undermine, they're going to undermine their own fetish, right? Because for a lot of these people, I think the taboo is what they like. So once something is normalized, right? you know, you're talking about gender queer, right? Once something queer is made normal, 
it's not queer anymore. Therefore, it's not attractive to people who were there specifically because it was queer. Um, so they need to go beyond to the They'll next level. They'll go further. The, yeah, it, it I, I get keeps, that. It just keeps pushing the, those taboos until we get we arrive at pedophilia. And I've already seen them in an Instagram. One of the memes I shared um, that that one that went strangely viral. I'm still getting people in there arguing and strangers got a bunch of people in the comments and i've seen so many people because of that post i've seen so many people in the past two weeks defending having some of these pornographic books in children's libraries i never thought i would see this people who are moms who are dads who probably think of themselves as normal liberals and they're saying well kids are looking at porn anyway they said this to me kids are right. they're going to find porn anyway you should let them read these books why are you trying to ban books from them like from a nine-year-old reading a book about, as you said, you know, giving a blowjob. I never thought I would see the day. Right. I didn't think I would see the day where there's so many people who probably consider themselves to be normal, who are defending um, sexualizing kids and giving kids sexual content and normalizing it. And I, I, I do think this is one of those things where it just goes further and further and it does bleed out and, if this is this guy is, you know, today it's one guy, one guy in the administration who's a loud, proud puppy play dude. Wow. Ten years from now, it's going to be, you know, poop eaters doing their, you know, I'm I, after the con after the meeting today, after the meeting is adjourned, <laughs> and you know, you can see me in Congress, and later you can see me on my OnlyFans. Like that's the world we're going to be in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I, I, I'm not in the disagreement with any yeah. of that, I guess, but I. I I think it's important to draw the, I, I don't necessarily think that the only, I think there's a false dichotomy here, which is um, what they do in the bedroom needs to be vilified, shamed, and, and they need to be castigated as, as depraved individuals or, it needs to be celebrated and pushed everywhere and treated like normal. And I think that's a false dichotomy. And I'm trying to find the line between those two things because I think pushing back without finding that line, if you just push back and, and say you have a problem with what they're doing, be, you know, consensually behind closed doors, even like if, if he's pushed back too strong, it will ultimately get undermined and fail. Um, so, so will, like, will I, it? I, I, there is a boundary that we need. W will it fail? Yeah, I think so. Serious question. Yeah, because where's so. where's that line? Because look at how society's changed in the last few decades. There is such a thing, my belief. There is such a thing as depravity, and there is such a thing as celebrating unhealthy behavior. But where is that line? I don't see a line. Well, I'm saying I'm trying to find it. I'm not saying it's being recognized right now. Right. Yeah. I just, I see the, I see these activists. So this isn't about LGB. This is the T, the Q. Let's just call it the Q. There's hundreds of millions of dollars being spent to queer society. And I hate that word because it's a, right. it's originally a slur for gay people. And 
they've adopted this and made it their own thing now. Um, and there's hundreds of millions of dollars being pushed to try to make these things normal. And the way they do that is by getting it into the school system at younger and younger ages. I just tweeted out this lesson plan yesterday. It's for these grade eight kids. So they are 12 and 13 years old for them to describe. It, it was really weird. Take a pizza and each pizza topping is supposed to represent your own sexual preferences. So if pepperoni is giving oral, they would make a pepperoni pizza. They're asking grade eight kids to express in this lesson what their sexual preferences are. A lot of these kids don't even know what oral sex is, but they're pushing this on yeah. younger and younger and younger kids. And this thing going on with this guy, yeah, he can do whatever he wants, but it's not just in the privacy of his bedroom. It's being celebrated in the media and it's just normalizing really abnormal behavior, which probably has some mental health things behind it. Yeah. I I, I, when we bring kids into it, the line, like cl kids are clearly on the, the other side of the line. Like that's clearly not okay. Right. And so to me, that's not even a, like the moment they try and bring kids into it, like the, there's no question that that's on the, the wrong, the side of wrong and depraved and horrible. Like that, that's yeah. not even a, that's not even an issue for me, but um, you know, but, but barring that, like, I, you know, again, I don't know, I guess, I guess part of the problem is the more centralized we get and the more the government, like, let's just talk about schools, the more it's the government schools, um, what ends up happening. So I, I look in a free market and I don't know what your politics are, but you know, I, I would prefer a free market aid for free everything, market. including education. Right. So I would not send my child to a school that, well, actually, we're talking about children anyway. So, like, let's just say college. Even I wouldn't send my my grown child to a college that tried to normalize behavior that I felt was um, not healthy. Don't Regardless of what, do that now, <laughs> right? Yes, but like, but the but the issue is, I think at this point we. The, the if you look if you think about behavior on a bell curve there's going to be some outlying behavior even if it's yeah. not necessarily evil but it's just out, it's just weird right sure you know just weird and like the Pee Wee Herman is weird kind of like a weird person right like weird behavior okay um that doesn't I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't argue that that needs to be suppressed by some central like we need to make sure that everyone knows that's horrible and weird and we need that needs to be ostracized. But the flip side is it doesn't need to be treated as if it's the middle of the bell curve either and thrown right. into like, hey, this is normal and needs to be everywhere. And so I think when you have outlying behavior in a free market, that outlying behavior is more confined to the outlying little pockets of people that are that are into that behavior what whatever that behavior it is it could be something very puritanical or it could be something that's you know just kind of weird um you end up with smaller pockets and, and most people are in the norm and people can choose what they're exposed to um but when you start having the government subsidize everything and you've got all of the say all of the institutions in the entire cathedral on the side of normalizing the abnormal, uh, which, by the way, 
they're doing not because they want to normalize the abnormal, but because they want to destroy the normal because that's their enemy. Um, so like it's all about destruction. It's not about elevating puppy play people. It's about right. destroying non-puppy play. Like, that's what it's about, right? So that gets elevated, but it gets elevated en masse and with many more resources and um, made to be uh, much more powerful than it would in an actual market where that where people were just kind of free to choose what they wanted to fund and what they didn't want to fund and what they wanted to watch and be a part of and whatever. Um, so I guess, I guess that's what I'm trying to get to is this, like, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, and I'm, I'm just trying to be careful not to say, well, we have to go the other way and like not let this, these people even have their own little website community or whatever it is they want to do. Like, he can have whatever website community he wants. If it was my job to hire someone, I wouldn't hire someone who has demonstrated uh, reveling in their own uh, depravity online in such a way. But what I, makes, I, it depra- me, what, makes what makes playing to be, I'm, I'm a dead serious question. Yeah. What makes pretending to be a puppy with your sexual partner depravity? Um, I'm going to read other a than quote. religion. I'm going to read like a quote. Well, I have faith in God and. I do believe in the divine. And there was a quote that Dion shared where she said, a culture that does not aspire to the divine becomes obsessed with the fascination of evil, reveling in the frivolous, the depraved and the bestial. Um, I think it's an, I think it's, it's beyond uh, uh, the puppy play stuff. I think it's, I think it is beyond a thing of just curiosity and frivolity when you are in a community where you're spending that much time engaging in it and you're doing articles and stuff, it reminds me of someone who's become a slave to something rather than controlling that thing themselves. So that's why I compared it to alcoholism. For me, it's like this person has found this thing that is a crutch for them that they view as an avenue to freedom, but it actually owns them. And I fully know that I'm making a value judgment and people are going to say, oh, you have prejudices or what have you, but, but we all make value judgments. I think those value judgments depend on what our definition of moral and immoral is and how we define those things. And I look at this as something that um, is immoral and it doesn't mean that I wouldn't hang out with someone who engages in, or, you know, I know people well, you wouldn't hire the, them. You said, right. But I wouldn't hire him. I know people, if it's in his own, bedroom and it's not publicized in this way sure but him putting it out there in people's faces here's another picture um that beverly if you can put this one up this is when he started calling himself genderqueer and he crashed an oscars party i believe it was dressed as a woman and then he forced he went into the women's bathroom now he doesn't even claim to be trans he doesn't even claim to be a woman he goes by, this is, I think, he, yeah. when he first started saying, I'm gender fluid and call me they, them, goes into the women's bathroom and everybody applauds. Like, this is so stunning and brave because he went into sure, the women's bathroom. but you bathroom. and I are in agreement on that. Like, right. Yeah, I'm sure. just saying this is a person who is is an exhibitionist. And sure. exhibitionists, like history, like a histrionic personality disorder, they want you to see their, their crossing the line. They want crossing the line as part of publicly and with people witnessing it, the voyeurism is part of what they get off on. And to me, I look at this right. and I'm like, red flag, red flag, red flag. I don't want someone with this kind of narcissism and these sort of issues in my workplace. If I didn't know that he's in puppy play, 
great. That all, most of those red flags are avoided now. I had no idea. <laughs> like, it's not like you're on. It's not like your narcissism right, level right. is so high that you're like, validate me in all of my kinks. And no. And I and, but, and, but, and and anybody who's listening, I'll just say one more caveat because I want them to know. I am not judging your personal kinks. You have no idea what my personal things are. You have no idea the things I've that I view as failings or not failings that I've some that I overcome and have not. I'm just saying. I'm not putting out there. People that watch this show know that I'm sober now. Um, when I wasn't sober, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a thing like you know, look at me as I struggle with this and validate me in it. I, I don't. I, that's I compare it to that. I do. So, would you comparing it to alcohol? Would you say it's the difference between having some red wine at dinner once in a while and being an alcoholic constantly. Is that the, is that what you're sure? Yeah, like, maybe. Cause, cause, yeah. Cause you were, that seemed like where you were going before. Yeah. Cause this guy, it's not just like something that is in his, it's not in his private life. It's in, it's in the pub, his public life. Mm-hmm. He's like, look at this, mm-hmm. validate it. I'm enjoying transgression in transgressing in public with an audience. That is part of it is he needs the audience. Can I read this here? Yeah. Sam Brinton here emerged from the ladies' lavatories. They were greeted with a standing ovation and rapturous applause. This is where we are. Applause for invading women's privacy. Okay. Look, no dude walks into a woman's washroom unless he's a dick. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm in agreement on this. Like, Call me wrong. That, I don't... I'm in. I'm in complete agreement with you guys on this. Like, that shouldn't be applauded. It's wrong. It's disgusting. It's horrible. Like, yes, I'm in complete agreement with that. I'm responding to like right. the original. Like, hey, look, he did some puppy play. That's what I'm responding to. Yeah, I, yeah. I am enjoying this conversation. By the way, like, don't, <laughs> this is one of the first few. I, so people in chat. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the times people in chat are like. Really getting riled up in this conversation. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm literally Satan. That's what I'm reading the chats. I'm like, yeah. This. This is. This is the tip of the iceberg. The puppy play is the tip of the iceberg. What else is going on with this person? I guarantee you, all sorts of bad stuff is going on with this person. Call me a bigot, but no, he's doing I, I this think- in public. He's flaunting. That he can go into a woman's washroom. It's like, look at me. I went into a woman's washroom, and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it, ladies. And right. Everyone and- better applaud because I'm gender queer, and this is what's normal behavior now. And it's not normal, and it's not okay. And we need to speak badly of this behavior. We need to stop this behavior because I'm it's just, just trying to draw a line on. between these two things. Because yeah. when you're when you just showed me that tweet, I'm 100% in agreement with you. But that's different than the other thing that you were you guys were talking about before. Like they're two different things. Sure. So, but he's I, not I'm just like, doing this in the bedroom, right? He's not because we all know about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> it's I, it's just, normalizing crazy behavior, and it's all part of this broad movement. This is just part of a broader movement, really well funded to normalize this behavior, and even to get the P included in the LGBTQ2S plus. Pedophilia. Oh. Mm. Minor yeah, attractive again, persons. I mean, but this is all part of this yeah. this queer theory. This is all part. And you right, don't and get I'm a little the bit of it without the rest. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I'm against all of that. Like I, I'm in complete agreement with you, especially when you're bringing kids like, yeah, I'm, yeah, and yeah. I don't, I don't I like critical you. theories. I don't like any critical theories. I think gender critical theory is just as bad as any other critical theory. It's anti-intellectual. It's tribalist. It's, it's horrible. And <laughs> I don't care if someone dresses up like a puppy in the bedroom. So that's all I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah, and, I hear you. and, and I don't know to what extent is he allowed to, let's not talk about him. Let's talk about someone else. Who, to what extent are they allowed to post online? I enjoyed doing this thing. I don't Look, like is any that, of it. Is that advertising it? Is it celebrating it? Is it forcing you to like it? it. Like, it's, I it's think our media celebrate it. It's narcissism. Like it's yeah. it, to I mean, an extreme all of social degree. media is narcissism. But, right, I mean. right. But by degrees, like there's a difference between someone who uh, their entire feed. We can look at a we can look at a feed that has entire feed of selfies, and say this person person looks a little bit more narcissistic than this person that has a few photos yes. of themselves. Like we, everything is by degrees. There's some people who live more in that disorder than others, or live more in that. Um, that, that self-worshipping place and others. And putting it out there in magazines and going to schools, colleges, and teaching workshops on it and making it part of your identity and and pushing it uh, like into the norm to where it's a thing um, where it's not just it's not just tolerated, but it's expected to be validated and 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 even, like we said, celebrated in some cases. I think that's, for me, I'm just trying to answer your question. That's where it crosses the line. And it's like, I, I think I agree with what you're narcissism saying. Thing. Yeah. I, I think it, moving from this should be tolerated to you must like and accept this. Like you personally must like this thing that I'm doing, even if you like, because they don't like that there's a disgust factor and they're trying to, no. and they, they're celebrating that you find it disgusting and that but you have to see it. So I would agree that the line is in between those two things. I don't think it's always super clear. In this guy's case, it turns out having you guys show me other stuff like, okay, it's clear what side of the line this, this guy's on. But it's not always super clear. And like one post or like someone digging up some information on someone on the internet and saying like, look, they, they did this thing doesn't make them – I, that doesn't automatically make them a narcissist oh, who's trying to push it and normalize it. This guy, though, is so and, – and again, I want to reiterate, it's not even – the puppy play thing is one thing because I do believe it's, it tells me something about him, the fact that it's built into his identity. They're incorpor He's incorporating it into his identity the way social justice is all about, like, make your sexuality your identity. And, and now right, you're an right. oppressed group of people. And now you have to be treated a certain way. And now people have to validate and celebrate it because now you're oppressed because you like puppy play. That right. that bothers me. The identity the, integration bothers me also, Carrie. Right, the yeah. identity part. And and also it's, uh, it's, it's a sign of, it's not just a sign of his character to me. It's a sign of the times because it's like taken as no big deal. And this person's hired and in this high office and is in charge of like nuclear power. And I don't, I don't trust this guy. I mean, call me prejudiced if you want, but I don't, I think this guy's disturbed. And most of the, what I think he's disturbed about, it doesn't even have to do with this part. It has to do with when I delved into his background and all the lies mm -hmm. he's told about conversion therapy. I don't trust this guy at all. I can't believe sure. there hasn't been a major investigative piece where they've just busted his story wide open to show that he's a liar. Like, yeah, just a con man. 
Okay, I'm done. I, I know we derailed, but go ahead, Chris. No, you convinced me <laughs> at least on this guy. No man walks into a woman's washroom <laughs> unless he's doing it for kicks, specifically to piss off some women and say, look at me, there's nothing you can do about it. And if you do speak up against it, I'm going to say that I'm oppressed and you're the bully. That's what these people do. But this is part of, this is symptomatic of a wider cultural thing where I don't know if you guys saw what went down at the Waterloo School Board in Ontario a few weeks ago. So a teacher, a teacher was uh, given her time to raise some issues with the Waterloo District School Board. So this is in Ontario, pretty populated area. She brought up two books that were in the school library. In one of these books, it's a girl who wants to transition to be a boy. And it's mentioned in the book that puberty blockers and testosterone will cause infertility. And dad, of course, is concerned about this. But in the book, it says, oh, don't worry about it. I already talked about it with mom. And it's said that it's cool to become infertile. And so this teacher started to raise an objection to that, like, should this really be in a school library? And there was this other book she mentioned where there's, I think the boys are 10 or 11 years old. And this one boy is talking about how he saw a naked woman on the beach and she was so hot. And this other boy, nine or 10 or 11, I think he was nine actually, he wasn't getting these sexual feelings about thinking about naked women. And he's not walking around all day thinking about naked women. So he thought maybe something was wrong with him and he ends up identifying as asexual. So this woman just started to mention, are these books appropriate when she was shut down by the chair of the school board who has pronouns in his bio, of course. And he cited the Ontario Human Rights Act and said that she was violating some human rights code. And she's been suspended as a teacher simply for starting to ask the question, is this appropriate? Just asking the question is seen as being a violation of human rights. But this guy getting celebrated in the media as this genderqueer hire in the Department of Energy, it's just symptomatic of this huge cultural movement going on. And so my concerns is, you know, we shouldn't be celebrating these things. We shouldn't be making them out to be normal and no big deal because it's not normal. It is depraved behavior, and it is symptomatic of other issues going on almost 100% of the time. This isn't just someone doing something in their bedroom and keeping it between their partner. This is someone out in the world publicizing all this stuff. So I just think it's symptomatic of a bigger problem. But, yeah, we don't need to focus on this guy forever because that's what he wants. You know, it's okay. Actually, I'm glad we had this conversation because um, my – let me just straight up say, like, on this guy, you guys have convinced me. (laughs) Like, okay. because like this guy, like, I agree with you. Um, my, my initial reaction was again, just about vilifying like, Oh, it turns out he did this puppy play thing. It's like, I don't, I don't care. That's not what I care about. Yeah. The trans bathroom thing, the lying about the conversion theory, like, okay, like clearly there's a lot of other stuff going on here. Um, so like maybe he's not the best example to make my argue, argument about where that line is because he's clearly on the wrong side of the line. So he's not he's not really well, a good maybe that's why it's easy case. for me to have an opinion on him too. I mean, I do have a very strong opinion on him. And 
Sure. Understandably. Now that that you've shared with me some of this stuff. This is my last argument, Carter. Look at this picture. Beverly put this picture up. God. I don't need to. I don't want to see this guy. (laughs) Put this in the Gotham Gotham City collection. This is his profile picture. I mean, if that doesn't scream personality disorder, look at that. Look at that. Clearly, yes. Clearly, this this person has psychological problems. Yes. I mean, uh, (laughs) it's a Batman. But they got after a senior position because of those psychological problems. Which is also actually, I'm glad you brought that up because you've said it before too. That's a really scary thing. I I agree with you. The the critical theory, critical critical theories generally generally because they treat people as members of of groups, because it's tribalist theory. They have to have representation of each tribe, and it, it's not surprising that they would decide that they need representation from this particular tribe. Can you take that off the screen, Beverly? Take it off the screen. Um, and actually, <laughs> I just have to say goodbye to my husband real quick. I'm not going to see him until Sunday. I'll be right okay, back. Okay, just say goodbye. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I agree with, I agree with you guys on, on this guy and, and what you're citing in Canada is a, is a, a separate, but related. They're all, they're all part of the same radical leftist, frankly, a nihilist anti-Western culture agenda, which is you're not allowed to question this thing because we, and we can't even discuss it because it fits our narrative. And this guy has to be celebrated because he fits our narrative. Um, yeah, they have to have but, representation, right? So yeah, yeah, no, and and I I I completely agree on on all of that. I just uh, I've I've noticed that as I don't know what your political stance is exactly, but I've noticed that as the left has gone crazier and crazier, and I agree, I see a lot of cluster B personality disorders and a lot of crap being celebrated. I mean, you know. I don't think you should be celebrated no matter what gender you are for being that gender, even if those genders all existed, although I'm a big fan of two. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think you should be celebrated for who you like to have sex with because that's not relevant. I don't think you should be celebrated for the color of your skin because that's not relevant. I don't like I don't think any of those things should be celebrated. So I'm I'm 100 percent on board uh, with all of that stuff. And I see all of that. But I've also started to see the rise of a. Um, a return to a traditional puritanicalism, puritanicalism that uh, scares me a little bit because it's the only historical counterweight that anyone can recognize. And I'm much more interested in moving forward as a, a product of the Enlightenment and individualism and figuring out how to weed out this the destructive philosophy and psychology that has uh, spread in our culture, um, but do it in a way that doesn't mean we have to return to burning gaze or whatever, which, which I see as a slippery slope from the other side, which is like, okay, we, we don't have any, the only philosophy we have that's a counterweight to this is some sort of traditionalism that is, that scares me in the other direction. That's all. All right. False. Everyone can say okay. that I'm the devil. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't. I don't think I have anything to add to that. I just uh, myself, I'm not worried about a return of puritanicalism, whatever that word is, because puritanism. That was the word I was looking for. Okay. There we go. All right. <laughs> because we're still going a thousand miles an hour towards making everything crazy that has previously been unacceptable, totally acceptable, and 
constantly yes. challenging norms, you know? And this all comes yes, out of academia. And academia yeah. is 99% run by leftists now. You're not allowed to have a conservative opinion. You get a riot on campus. So until these universities start changing who's running them and who's teaching all these kids, uh, I think we are in for this for a very long time. And I think China right. loves it and Russia loves it because they're watching a lot of the values that made our societies great just wash away and they're going to fill in that void and start taking power. Yeah, I, I agree. China and Russia love it. The only counter argument I'm going to make is I look at the Weimar Republic and how the Weimar Republic descended into this kind of depravity. And I'll use that word. Uh, they, they descended into this kind of depravity um, and very, very quickly Nazism rose as a counter, right? Like it did not happen. It, it wasn't a slow, well, we need to weed it out of universities and blah, blah, blah. It was a switched really quickly. And I, and yeah. I think largely culturally it was a, it was the only solution being offered to the depravity of the Weimar Republic. Different world though. No, internet. maybe I'm not a history expert. I'm just, maybe people were able, you could propagandize your whole population you could tell them exactly what you wanted to hear, what you want them to hear, and they had no other information source. And today, of course, is the opposite. And I know when the internet started up, it was, it was uh, we dreamed that we were gonna have this golden age of information and everyone would be able to figure everything out and all the fake news and everything would vanish. And it's gotten way worse. <laughs> but um, I think it's hard to propagandize a whole country like they used to. And I don't think we'll have wars like we used to because it's much more of a globe than individual nations. And, you know, that's a long discussion for another day. You might be right. But, uh, I hope you're right. Yeah. I, I know we, yeah. you, we, we've kept you for two hours already and we have oh, to let we? you go. Oh my God. Yeah. But, but really quick. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that. Oh my God. That was an awesome conversation. Yeah. Just to the point about, <laughs> I guess, how these things spread. Um, could you just show this headline from Newsweek, Beverly, and maybe we could talk about it on a future episode if we don't have time today. Um, this headline came out, actually, this was from October, but it's been it's been going around recently. It says nearly 40% of U.S. Generation Z and 30% mm. of young Christians identify mm. as LGBTQ poll shows. And yep. so um, it's talking about millennials and Gen Z and da, da, this I thought was interesting. The pollster who worked on the new study, George Barna, attributes the unusually high number he found to social and news media coverage that makes it, quote, safe and cool, end quote, for young, young Americans to identify as LGBTQ, whether or not it represents their actual sexual orientation. Right. Um, so this has then, become a bit of a specialty for me because I've been out on the streets for 17 months having conversations with people about the harm that I feel gender ideology causes to kids. And I've had a lot of high school students walk up to me and I've had these conversations. I would argue that number is even low. In a lot of the high schools in Canada, you'll have half the kids who now say they're part of the LGBTQ because it's cool. It's not cool to be cis heteronormative <laughs> you get seven to 10% of these kids saying that they're now transgender. Even in Pittsburgh, they did a survey of all the high schools throughout the Pittsburgh school district. 
it was seven to 10% of the kids said they were transgender because, you know, all these kids are searching for some identity now. And I'm going to read you an email real quick that I received from a mom who was trying to find a counselor for her girl who now identifies as trans and this message isn't loading. Anyway, by the age of 13, this girl was on her sixth identity. She had been demi-boy, genderqueer, asexual, uh, some other terms I don't even understand. Non-binary was one of them. And then finally, transgender. And it's one thing to identify as something. It's one thing to socially transition and say you are a boy when you were a girl. What's going on with these kids and what's what this whole identity thing is leading to is the most vulnerable kids. We're talking the foster kids, indigenous kids, kids who've been abused, girls who've been sexually abused, autistic kids, children with depression, anxiety, trauma. It's all of these kids who end up at these gender clinics getting these life-changing puberty-blocking drugs and cross-sex hormones, which cause them to have to get hysterectomies because it causes vaginal and uterine atrophy, reduces their lifespan, causes cognitive delays, all sorts of problems. All this is experimental, never been approved. This search for identity is leading the most vulnerable kids to find some other identity that they think is going to solve their problems. And of course, it never does. So, you know, yeah, sure, to go back to this guy, whatever people do in their bedroom is their business, absolutely. But there's this huge movement afoot, which is causing real harm to kids because, of course, it does bleed out throughout all society and into all our elementary schools even. So that's my yeah. Point. Thanks for listening. No, I, I, I agree, and I'm glad you I'm glad you had the rant. I mean, the the it the 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 identity component of first of all, I don't think kids should be we don't need to talk about what your sexuality is. You're a kid and uh, like, that's not a thing. Um, And so, and if for older kids, they, they do have some sort of feelings for one gender or another or whatever that, I mean, it doesn't really need to be discussed beyond saying like, well, you'll figure that out as you get older. Like, you know, that's, we don't really need to put you into, Oh, that must mean you're this and blah, blah, blah. And like all of this stuff has nothing to do with your identity, your identity. Like, the identity thing is a real, real problem, and that is a critical theory application of this. Um, and and that's, I think that's what's leading to. I, I mean, Carrie, you grew up in the '80s and the '90s. Like, people were like, if someone was odd and they had, and you know, odd maybe at the time was just gay or whatever. It, I, I don't, I don't remember it being like a huge identity thing. It was like, no. I'm now this thing. It's like that. It wasn't was. A, it was, it was, but it was different. It, it was more of a, what groups you ran with. Like, yeah, you, your identity was more like, you know, I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. I'm a, ba- I'm a right. band nerd. I'm it's a emo. Like, yeah. I'm a, I'm yeah. a jock. What, and those things didn't, as Chris pointed out in the, uh, our interview, those things didn't come attached to surgery and hormone blockers and sterilization, possible sterilization. Well, and they, and they weren't like, they viewed were, as they fundamental. Yeah, they weren't viewed as fundamental. It was like, oh, you like you you're a nerd. That's fine. That means you've chosen to like nerdy things. But like you could be you could switch and be a jock and like you don't have to be you don't have to always be a nerd. It doesn't come with all these con- like other consequences. It's not the defining characteristic about you necessarily. Like yeah. it's just yeah. 
instead of personalities and likes and dislikes, people have have adopted identities, which are these monolithic. You're now part of Tribe X, um, and all people in Tribe X need to look like this or do this or whatever. Therefore, we need hormone treatment and blah blah blah. Yeah, um, it's disgusting. Well. I don't know if we can. I don't know how much longer. I don't know if we can keep you or what. We should go through super chats because uh, we have a lot of them. Yeah, so I'm fine. I got to pick up my kids in 90 minutes, so I got nothing to do right now. It's all good. All right. Well, let's go through some super chats. Um, while you're plugging that up, plugging that up. While you're pulling that up, I'm going to plug the interview that I did with Chris one more time. It's you can watch yes. the full hour and a half. I think it was on deprogrammed and Beverly. If you could just drop that link in the chat. That would be awesome. I'm looking for it, but thank you. And let me just plug, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. in three weeks. I'm also going to visit New York, probably Northern Virginia, maybe Philadelphia. I don't know. I'm I'm planning things still, and I'm meeting a bunch of people, so my plans always change. But if anyone lives around there and they'd like to come and hang out with me and maybe have some street conversations, I'd love for you to join me. You should go hang out with Chris and wear a billboard. Yeah. I'll have signs. Yeah, yeah. Do you bring extra so people can? Yeah, I'll have seven or eight. Good, good. good. All right, uh, let's do some super chats. Uh, Mandy Caravicius says, what does my hot dog come with? I think that was a reference to the vegan argument. Um, AD says, Russia should tell the world it's invading Ukraine for diversity, inclusion, and equity. (laughs) Nothing is more important (laughs) than spreading social justice. Yeah, that's that's what Putin should say. Well, I don't know. Uh, they're not accepting. Uh, they don't have a strong enough trans children program in Ukraine. We have to go invade and, and fix it. Uh, Thomas St. Thomas says genus slash species is totally socially constructed. Bigots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Iron Bob says at the very least, we know this guy won't be blackmailed for deviancy. That's true. Uh, yeah, good uh, point. No, Can't cancel it- you when you get all that out. No, he'll be blackmailed for if he ever decides to go to a church service or something. Be like, <laughs> yeah, we saw Sam Brighton at church. <laughs> he, he, to, he votes for Trump. <laughs> it's the opposite. Anything normal he does, they're going to hold it over his head. <laughs> he had an American flag, and he he attended a freedom rally. Oh boy. Um, Bob's your uncle says the government is limited in what it can do without the police and RCMP as muscle. What's the attitude of Canadian law enforcement? That's a question for you, Chris. What is the attitude? Okay. You know, I think the police have been amazing, actually. There's police from all over Ontario there. So Ottawa has city police, Ottawa city police. And then we have the RCMP, who some cities have RCMP. It depends. They can have their own force. But RCMP from all over Ontario have come. They walk around in big groups. Uh, the, the whole city is crawling with police. And they've, for the most part, been great. We all know they're just doing their jobs when they're told to go seize the firewood or to take people's gas cans. I mean, it'd be nice if they didn't do that, but they have been pretty hands-off for the most part and they've been very friendly and there have been no incidents that I've observed. And I was out on the streets for probably a total of 40 hours or something. There wasn't ever anything, not even people raising their voices or arguing or any of that stuff. It was just hundred percent peaceful. Do you think they'll drag truckers into jail when when they're ordered to do that? Well, they did arrest this. Looks like he's a nine-year-old man who's four foot eleven the other day. 
for not showing his ID right away. So yeah, there is a bit of a little bit of that stuff going on. But again, I don't think the government is going to do a big crackdown and start arresting hundreds of people because they'll never recover from that politically. Yeah. Not when everyone knows this is a peaceful protest. The media tried really hard to make these out to be a bunch of QAnon supporters and a bunch of radicals, but all the citizen journalism and all the people on the streets there have been able to beat back that fake news narrative. And everyone knows they're just peaceful now. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden, who is apparently eating some ice cream, says, we need the Department of Energy to reflect the diversity of America. It's Oh, we read that one. It's progress, folks. Dog play. Isn't it? Yeah, okay. Uh, Pirate Tomsky says, that's a paddling. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, the dog. The, the dog, uh, yeah. Mandy Caravicius says, see you later, Carter, Woody, and Forrest Gump, and waves at us. I guess. Oh. Uh, hey. This is the news Forrest Gump. I think you're Forrest I, would have, Gump. I know I'm, I'm Carter. Gump. So yeah, oh, yeah, you're Woody. You get the it's hat. It's the white going. jacket. So you get it's to be forced come. I don't. I think that was rude. I it, maybe it's the jacket. He did wear white, and that looks kind of white on this. I guess it's pink. White. It looks a little bit light, light pink. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, Brings out super the blood iron, shot in my eyes. <laughs> super Iron Bob says, "There's something violative about forcing yourself into another space, even in public." And by outlandishness, you prevent others from the discourse. I assume that was about the dude, but I'm not sure. Uh, I don't even, the they, them, whatever. Uh, uh, pushing himself, he's talking about the fact that he pushed himself into the women's bathroom. But then, like Chris oh, was pointing yes. out, if you complain, you're not allowed to complain. Now you're a bigot. It's it's what Josh Slocum right. on, on the Disaffected show calls briar patching. He's wearing extravagant clothes. He's got the extravagant bold lipstick. He's trying to provoke. But then when he provokes, he's like, how dare you pay attention to me? Why right, are you yes. looking at yeah. me? <laughs> it's That's like... exactly what it is, <laughs> Uh Let's see. I'll fight you naked. Says Carter. Sounds like he's hiding something. And <laughs> let me get my leash. I, you know what? I am in all seriousness. I am going to say something about that. Uh, it's a little bit scary to defend something that you find morally, re- like that you find repugnant. Like I think it's. I think personally, I get the disgust factor, and it's scary for me to be like, well, I'm going to try and put that aside and like defend something intellectually. Um, yeah, we, I don't know if I, I think we all well, understand but... your your viewpoint. It's the same viewpoint that Claire, Claire Lehman has on Twitter today, saying that oh god, uh, that's the worst culture, thing you could say. cancel. Cancel culture <laughs> is now you know from conservatives is just as bad as the opposite type of cancel culture. And Claire Lehman was giving Andy Noah a hard time. I don't and, agree uh, with that. Conservatives are not as bad right now. That's not in any way true. She just wants attention. Speaking of narcissists, yeah. Okay. What? Gary's like, ooh, ooh. Wait, Claire Layman's a narcissist? Who knew? The the somatic. No comment. I think she's very smart. Yeah. I think she's a midwit. All right. She gets in fights with people, but you know what? At least she. I like it because she's strong and she's expressing her opinion and she's not backing down. And I think there's some. Just like this guy, he was expressing his opinion, not backing down. It's good. But I'm just, uh, puppy dude. I'm, I'm kidding, stop being I'm politically correct now. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm too weak. All right. The Swill <laughs> says, this is to help adopt a puppy or someone that at least resembles one. Nice. Nice. TPS says, devout Catholic and I agree with Carter 1,000% that Puritanism is deadly. We need a middle way. Freedom and privacy. Respect without toxic shame. Thank I you for that, we TPS. Need although I think Chris's point is valid. So, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. My bad. I, I just think we no, need no. a society that doesn't sexualize everything. Like, what? why are we doing that? We don't. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Let's yeah. just go back That's to what do like. whatever you want in your, in your bedroom and stop talking about what sexual orientation you are or what gender you are. All this stuff. Like, yeah. who cares? You know, sometimes when I go back east, here too, but there's a there's a lesbian woman who comes out with me, a young woman. She's wonderful. I love her to death. She's super brave. When I got mobbed by these 200 university students in Ottawa, I got punched in the head, I got painted on, I got my car keyed, I got my property destroyed, all while the police were watching. She was there facing that mob. The only woman I know who would do it. Super brave. She's got water poured on her. Not a big deal. But it's still a super intimidating scene. Sure. And I I could easily, when I'm talking to media, say, hey, you know what? One of my supporters here with me today is a lesbian. <laughs> She's from the LGB community. So what do you say about that? But I refuse to do that because it's none of their business. Someone's right. sexuality shouldn't have to come into play in order to defend my position about standing up for these kids. But, you know, we just got to go away from that. Like, who cares what someone's sexuality is? This stuff, though, is all a different issue. Yeah. And they're hurting kids. And this does bleed out. It totally does. Yeah. So anyway, we've, we've covered No, that. you're right. And I, I had a conversation with someone about this the other day with respect to what I guess now is pretty a mainstream, which is like the gay pride events that are here in San Francisco and whatever, right? And there was a time years ago in which... I could understand that you needed to like that there was some desire to be like, hey, I need to be accepted and I'm gay because I'm being marginalized and like people are, you know, hating on me because I'm gay and whatever. That doesn't happen anymore. So now what are you celebrating? What are you doing? Because we don't need to celebrate heterosexuality. Like we don't have a heterosexuality prayed and talk about how we're heterosexual. So yeah. the the need for that kind of thing goes away when it's accepted by society. And I think uh, homosexuality at this point is, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some people who are against it, but it's pretty well accepted. It's harder to come out as a conservative than it is to come out as yeah. gay. So like, clearly it's not a big deal anymore. And I think maybe, maybe what we're seeing is people who are pretending they're oppressed when they're not. Like, no one's oppressing puppy people. <laughs> like, no. so you don't need to go celebrate it. No one's oppressing you. No one's no That's no one right. cares. It's it's like built-in dishonesty, and it's also it's it's what we're already talking about. Every it, things bleed out, and things also get co-opted. And so all of those yeah. all of those pride parades have been completely co-opted by the kink people and by the trans kids people. And so yeah, right. now it's not even about like, hey, gay people, we're just like you. Now it's like complete you know, full on kink BDSM in the streets with kids there, drag queens, everything. And it's like, yeah. watch all of this depravity. Ha ha. And it, a lot of gay people I know are sick of it because they're like, yeah. this doesn't represent us. Like this wasn't, this isn't what we're about. Why is this being called LGBT? It's not. A gay man well, had like to get a police. Sorry. 
Go ahead. A gay man had to get a police escort to leave the gay pride parade, the pride parade in Manchester, England last year because he had a hat on that said LGB Alliance, which is this group for, you know, mm-hmm. LGB oh. people because they're decoupling LGB from the T because LGB is all about your sexual orientation, who you love. The T isn't. The T is something totally different. And we call this a yep. community, but it's not. But on the subject of these pride parades, because I'm a crazy person, I'm going to go march in some of these pride parades this year. There weren't any last year because of COVID, but I'm going to get some signs made and they're going to say something that people cannot disagree with, like stereotypes do not define our children. Billboardchris.com. And they're all going to agree with it, but they're all going to be furious because, you know, some of them will know the bigger message that I have. Yeah. But I'm going to do it because yeah. it'll work and it'll reach people. And the people in the LGB community, half of them are in favor of my message. Half of them aren't. Those half that aren't really haven't thought about it a lot because a lot of these gay and lesbian adults, when they were kids, they were gender non-conforming. These lesbians, when they were little, they were tomboys. They were more masculine. They didn't want to do the little girly things. And some of these gay men, when they were little, they had gender dysphoria. They were effeminate, but they grew up into the beautiful gay people that, that they are. And what this ideology is doing now is it's taking these kids and it's telling them that there's something that they're not and that they need to transition to find true happiness. And it's actually really uncool now in high schools to be a lesbian. So that survey was talking about 30 or 40% of these kids in high schools or Gen Z or whatever are identifying as LGBTQ. They're not identifying as lesbians anymore because that's not cool. Lesbians are now trans boys. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it is going I, I, to harm, I think, the actual gay and lesbian kids. Um, and I think in, in, we'll probably see this in 10 years that there's just a, either fewer gay and lesbian uh, adults or uh, gay and lesbian adults who have all been through some sort of detransition trauma. Well, the big yeah. one I'm seeing are biological men transitioning and calling themselves women and then saying I'm a lesbian too and then coming out as a lesbian. So biological men who are attracted to women calling them that's who I'm seeing call themselves lesbians now are men. That's right. That's so right. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> well, if you called yourself a one. <laughs> well, if it'll get me onto a, a board of a startup in California, because uh, that's the new rule, then sure, I will identify as yeah. one. All their dating apps are flooded with men. They're called a bigot if they don't want to get with a person with a penis. All the lesbian right. bars are disappearing. So, yeah, yeah it's it's crazy town oh. going on. Well, yeah. I think we'll defeat this eventually. I think eventually kids will start to make it uncool to yeah. say yes. that they're all these identities. But uh, we all got to speak up to kind of speed up this process because thousands of kids are coming to physical harm, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they are. You're right. Um, well, kids have already, I think, at least started to see through critical race theory a little bit. Um, even yeah, my daughter to who goes to school in the Bay Area is like she came home the other day and said, you know, kids are starting to use racist as a joke here now, which I've heard in like in Midwest states for a while. But I figured like not here in the Bay Area, they're not going to use it. But like even 
And then she's like, yeah, they're just like, they just say, that's racist. You're racist, but they're kidding. No one cares. The word right. doesn't have meaning anymore. So right. that's that's good. Now they need to do it with uh, all this trans ideology. So Yeah, it's just a little more complicated. People get right away, oh, you're not racist just by virtue of being born with less melanin in your skin. Like, right. that's obviously a racist statement. And people get that right away. To talk about the gender issue, honestly, to hit all the bases thoroughly takes a good hour. Um, sure. Because there is so much to it and there's so many different angles. And within the trans umbrella, there's different types of trans as well. There's the middle-aged men with this fetish where they get turned on by the idea of being a woman or dressing like a woman. Yep. And it's an arousal thing, but they're just straight men. And then there's the stuff going on with kids, which is something completely different. So yeah. it's a little more complicated and it's such a toxic yeah. issue. People are afraid to even talk about it, but. Well, and it, it certainly provides gender queer critical queer theory has provided cover for, for predators and continues to provide cover for predators. And, and that's, I mean, it's wrong on its face, but in addition, it's also providing cover for some really, really abhorrent stuff. Um, let's do a couple more super chats and then we can, we can end it. TPS says everything is sex as a thing harms everyone, especially kids. We need platonic love and platonic affections. Let the cigar stay a cigar. Even Freud said sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Uh, STE York says, uh, maybe it's St. York, I don't know. How many of the 30% of the LGBTQ blah plus people only identify as a member of the com community, cult community, so they feel safer around their demented peers? I, that's a, actually a good question. There, I assume there is a lot of peer pressure to identify as something not het cis, as they would say. Oh, they get celebrated. So yeah. they get love bombed immediately. A kid who's not fitting in in school, not getting a lot of attention. As soon as they say that they're trans, it gets celebrated. And the whole school will know, the teachers will all know, but in many school districts now, this is happening in the States as well. This is all throughout where I am up here in Canada. They won't even tell the parents that their child has a new name and new pronouns and a new identity at school. They will not tell the parents unless the child consents. So the whole kid knows, the whole school knows. And then all these schools now, high schools have these after school clubs called GSAs or QSAs, which are gay straight alliances or queer straight alliances. And if you're not having a great time in life, it's a great club to go to because you're gonna get a lot of love and affection. You're gonna get those endorphins. You're gonna get that dopamine and serotonin flowing. And it feels good to get all this attention. And so that is why a lot of these kids are doing it because just to be cis heteronormative is very vanilla and boring. Now it's not cool. Well, and you're all almost automatically the enemy. Yeah. You're part of the oppressor class and everyone's yeah. trying to find this identification as how are they victimized intersectionality, all these people identify into these victimhood, different classifications. And you know what? We got to get away from that because being a victim isn't cool. Be strong. Don't be a victim. That's not how you find your absolutely. place in society. Yeah, absolutely. Last one. TPS says transition is the new corrective rape. Uh, well, yeah, no, uh, I don't, I don't agree with that, but I don't know what that means exactly. It's uh, it's a way for kids to feel like 
whatever's going on with them, the reason they don't feel like they fit in. And this is why there's a lot of autistic kids transitioning too. They've never felt like they really fit in and they kind of have rigid thinking. And this is being sold as the solution to their problems. And a lot of these autistic girls, they're not super girly girls to start with. And being presented with this idea that some of them are born in the wrong body or that they have a male brain Mm -hmm. or this gendered soul that's a boy, it's appealing to these kids and Mm -hmm. they latch onto it and it temporarily makes them feel better. So this is mental health stuff going on. These are kids who are having a mental health crisis and we're not treating this as a mental health issue. They're not even doing mental health assessments for these children anymore. They're simply affirming them and starting them on the road to transition. It's called gender affirming care. And it's this misguided attempt to simply love these children and affirm them. But that's not what affirmation is supposed to be. It's supposed to be acknowledging that this child feels a certain way and then looking into the issues and dealing with them. This is the same kids who presented as goth, who were cutting, who had anorexia and bulimia. It's all these same children. And in many of these cases, these kids still have eating disorders. And we're treating gender as the solution to all of their problems. If we change their gender, that'll make all these other depression issues and everything go away. And it's just simply not true. It doesn't. I'm in a lot of these parent groups and they just, I've told both of you this before, but they continually post. These are parents who have gotten their kids into quote unquote gender affirming care immediately. They've done nothing but validate. They've followed every turn of the identity, even when it changes, they've done, done all of it. And still their kids are ending up in the hospital on suicide watch. Yeah. You know, to circle back, uh, something much earlier, uh, I think one of the best things you can do for children is hold up a mirror, both metaphorically and I guess in the case of some people, uh, literally. Um, but one of your jobs to help them deal with their struggle through life is to hold up a mirror and show them the reality and that they're they're accepted for the reality of what they are. Not, not the reality of what they claim to be, but what they are. Um, and uh, I, this is what a recipe for guaranteed psychological problems as an adult to have to just be told, well, whatever, whatever you feel, we'll just pretend that's true. Right. A mess. All right. Well, Chris, remind people how they can find you. This has been a great show, but it's a long show, so we should probably end it. So remind people how they can find you, how they can support what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. Twitter is my main source, at Billboard Chris. Same handle for Instagram, Getter. I have a website, billboardchris.com. I'm going to be updating it the next few days with a lot of my podcasts and stuff. But it's a good basic website. I will add a lot more info to it, though. But yeah, they can reach out to me there. Reach out to me through Twitter. And um, I'm not hiding. All my contact info is on there. My phone number is on there. And please do reach out to me if your family is struggling with any of these issues. I might not be able to help you, but I will try to get you in touch with people who can. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Carrie, any last minute announcements we need to make? Yes. Uh, So there's a new episode of Deprogrammed out today. So if you go to the my channel, you'll see it's actually interesting to follow up the interview with Chris. 
I talked to Sarah Higdon and I almost called it a trans voice against trans ideology because I thought that's going to make heads explode. <laughs> it's like, I'm a liberal against liberalism, which I am sometimes. Um, but so anyway, I think it, it, if, if you're not familiar with Sarah, um, she's a podcaster and libertarian. And I ended up using one of her, her quotes for the title instead, where she said, like, trans women are not women. Like if I was born female, I wouldn't be trans. And I think it's it's a really interesting interview um, from a different perspective. And uh, yeah, just go check it out if you have time. Cool. Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone. Don't forget to like, subscribe, go to unsafespace.com to support anything we're doing here and uh, have a good weekend. Alrighty. Thanks guys. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been approved by Neil Young. Please consider canceling the responsible parties. Here's a list. Do you know what's fascist? When truckers refuse to deliver products to the ruling class. That's what the dictionary says. I swear. The continued war on drugs will require the distribution of free crack pipes. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it. I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.